radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Open ice across to Torres over the line. Burns, long shot, kicked out, rebound. What a stop. Roberto Luongo, and that will be as good a save as you'll see in the series. Well, it looked like a sloppy rebound by Luongo on the 60-foot wrist shot by Brent Burns. Sunday, April 4th, Happy Easter, 2021, Jesus is back, the Laced Up Podcast is back, um, like a good loaf of bread we have risen, and we're coming at you with um, a lackluster lineup here, um, mm. in both in terms of the content and in terms of the personalities, uh, I am James Cole. Uh, I'm Bruce Battaglia from, uh, what am I from? High Button Sports. I am very happy to be back on the Laced Up Pod. It is it is your boy Kyle Hogan back after a two week hiatus. Very back in action to talk some hockey, and I brought along a friend with me. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Trotch. I'm not a big hockey guy, but I'm just sitting in to listen hmm. to uh, three guys who I know know a ton about the game. Hmm. So, so it's kind of like when Mike Warren was just in the background. Yeah, so. weren't you here last week? Two weeks no. ago. Remember we had to write essays? Yeah, No, I know, bro. I just thought that was last Saturday. That was two no. Saturdays ago, bro. All right. We did, uh, last week we talked about the laced up goalie curse, which is real. Oh, it's right. just you and I. Yeah. You would have loved someone else for me to channel my aggression. Exactly. Onto, but... Yeah. I'm uh, apparently the uh, podcast scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we'll see. It's the uh, mushy middle of the season. We're uh, still about a week and a bit away from the trade deadline. Sounds gross. Um, enough of the division matchups have kind of separated to the point where there's not anything super pressing to talk about in terms of like, oh, is this team going to make it? Is that team not going to make it? Um, and um, not a lot really happened in terms of stuff off the ice this week. So... Um, we're gonna to try to stretch this one out. We've we've got we're gonna talk about the deadline, uh, which is the big the big thing today. But uh, a couple small things that we're gonna address uh, uh, ahead of, ahead of time and get it out of the way. And uh, the first of, uh, of which goes back um, two weeks, I guess now, because I I thought this was last week because I thought uh, Kyle was on the episode last week. Uh, just uh, want to take a moment to give a shout out to Thunder Bay's own Ryan Fanti. Uh, who is competing in the uh, NCAA Frozen Four this weekend with the Duluth Bulldogs. Uh, Fanti, of course, uh, came in in the fourth overtime mm-hmm. in their matchup against uh, UND. As a goalie normally does. Yeah, right. It's one yeah. o'clock in the morning, and it's like, hey, you want to you wanna play? You can sit on the bench eating hot dogs for four yeah, hours. Could you maybe hop in and save our season? That's what I trained my whole life for. Yeah, elimination game. The starter goes out with cramps in the fourth overtime, and Ryan Fanti from Thunder Bay, Ontario, has to step in. Uh, made seven saves, I believe, en route to winning the game in the fifth overtime. Kyle longest NCAA hockey game in history and 
did did you uh, did you watch the highlights? I know you weren't up watching it uh, that night per se, but I actually dabbled in for the last overtime on mm. ESPNU. I remember when you reached out to me over Twitter and told me it would be on the TSN app, so I did tune in just to see uh, one of my old pal Jared Fanti's bros play the game of hockey. Mm. Um, yeah. It's no shock to me. I played against Ryan Fanti when I played midget double A against him. That's why uh, we had you mere, on this week. Just a mere exactly. five years Get ago, the actually. the expert in here. Yeah. Me and this guy were playing midget double-A against each other. I played against him for ten games, and I'm here doing a podcast about him while he is there playing the game. All in all, I could not be happy for the guy, a guy from Thunder Bay, yeah, another goalie, good. let alone, to be in the spotlight. What, what he did, honestly remarkable. We've never seen anything like this, and the fact how humble he was in a win versus defeat tapping the other goalie on the so, uh, on the shoulder who played a remarkable game, who was in there for the whole duration too, could not like speak any more to the class that Ryan Fanti possesses. And... Uh, who's doing better? Who's to say? Um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I didn't have much to say about it, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the, the hilarious thing was that night, um, I can't remember if it was on the air or after we finished recording, but James made a comment about how that game was still going. To which I said something about, like, ah, nothing interesting happens in college hockey. And then that happened. So I, I looked like an idiot. I think I was still awake when it happened, but not watching the game. Um, yeah, pretty cool. It's uh, it's always good to see someone from Thunder Bay. You know, you always want to root for these guys and and uh, see them do well. I don't know them personally, but, uh, you know, it's nice to, it's nice to see. Um, college hockey, of course, not an area... Um, like not an easy place to succeed either the way that everything is structured there um, similar to March Madness in a way it just it can go wrong pretty quickly so um, yeah single elimination tough in, in hockey exactly and to, and to come in the fourth overtime it's um, it's pretty it's pretty hard to fathom really like that, that that's what happened but uh, yeah kudos to him and I've, I've heard nothing but good things about the about the guy and his work ethic so um we continue to root him on and as his journey moves forward. Fanti and the Bulldogs, um, of course, the two-time defending NCAA champions. Uh, they go head-to-head with uh, Massachusetts uh, in Pittsburgh uh, on April 8th. And the other division matchup is Minnesota State going up against St. Cloud State. So three of the four teams from the uh, great state of Minnesota, I'm sure John Chozik is just giddy with anticipation. Um, I don't know if you know, John, nothing about him is giddy. Yeah, that's true. He was supposed to be here tonight, but uh, he might have COVID. So, um, might. <laughs> yeah, I probably should clarify that he probably doesn't have COVID because well, you we don't think, know that either. Uh, though, like that. it's you know, it's hard. Cannot it's, confirm. It's irresponsible to report it either way. Yeah. What I would say is that John is currently on the laced up hockey podcast COVID protocol list. There it is, and we will we will see what happens moving forward. Yeah. Um, Getting to the NHL uh, back on track because uh, while this is a hockey podcast, uh, we can only speak to the NCAA so much because I don't think any of us follow it super closely. But uh, hey, kudos. Well, I follow one of their other sports yeah, pretty closely, but I'm, that's about I'm it. I'm following it very closely you know as what? I speak. I, I'll, I'll report. I won 71 bucks last weekend nice. on uh, betting on UCLA to beat fucking Michigan. So I was pretty happy about that. Go. Just bet the money line. Didn't give a fuck. I'm like, you know what? They're going to win the game. Threw 21 bucks in, I got 71 bucks in return. Mr. Portnoy was not happy about that. Mr. Portnoy? Mr. Portnoy. Yeah, I don't really care about Mr. Portnoy. Gonzaga, Gonzaga, UCLA tied in the second half right now. Uh, 
If UCLA wins, I got a big payday coming out for 52, uh, 52. March Madness bracket. Uh, but no, uh, getting to the NHL, um, we had uh, uh, a, a, a duo of wacky incidents from two of the league's biggest stars um, mm. that resulted in a pair of $5,000 fines being handed down to oh, Connor the torture, McDavid. James. Yeah, nice. the torture. To Connor McDavid and yeah. Nathan McKinnon. Uh, bad day to be a Mick in the NHL. Um, Holy fuck. Let's start with the one that happened first because that's right how timelines work. Um, that. <laughs> see, like, the thing is, is that's not even really out of the ordinary of what you bring to the table. But there were more people here to hear it. Yeah. You know? Right. Like, I imagine that's what most oh, people fuck. do in their car. <laughs> when they hear your transitions, but like they're drinking beer in the car. But there were well, yeah. Uh, what was your question? Okay, we're going to start in chronological order, and we're going to talk about the Conor McDavid hit that earned him a five thousand dollar fine. Uh, I don't mm. remember even who he hit, but it was uh, yes, Spiri. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Montreal Canadian guy. They call him yeah. KK. Cut the Kanyemi. He's yeah. two years away from being two years <gasps> away. Okay, um, five thousand dollars, Conor McDavid, the equivalent of uh, you or I getting fined about. 20 bucks, I'd say. Yeah. Um, That's worth it. Your thoughts on the hit? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like if I, uh, to put it in perspective, uh, when I was in minor hockey and I wasn't even making money, like if someone would have asked me to take 20 of my $100 I had to my name to take out a certain someone on one of the other teams in Midget that I didn't like like at all, yeah, I would have done that. That was minor hockey when I had no money. You're going to give McDavid $5,000 to to take out anyone just to be like, I'm frustrated and here's my frustration and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't agree with it. I mean, like at the end of the day though, like. Sorry, you don't agree with. I don't agree with the hit. I thought it was a suspendable hit for sure. I, uh, I'm, I think it's insane that he only got a suspension or sorry, a fine. Um, but yeah, I mean like to some degree he takes a lot of punishment and, uh, and wrongfully so. Um, you know, he, he should have penalties given to him. Like he, he draws them every night and he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt, despite being the league's biggest star that they go head over heels for every single night. Anytime they do some sort of a marketing campaign. So it drives me nuts that it's just like, if we get this guy thrown down our, thrown down our fucking throats all the time, but at the same time, um, you know, he can't get a power play to save his life. And then, and then he snaps like, Having said all that, it, it doesn't make the snapping right. Like, I, he should have been suspended for the hit. But I completely understand that he, you know, is having a very frustrating season. Despite the fact that he has uh, 300 points in 12 games or something like that he's played this year. So. Something like that, yeah. Pretty good. Um, Kyle, I'll, I'll turn to you first. And Trotch, I don't mean to keep ignoring you on the sidelines there. But... Um... Uh, I believe Mr. Hogan here has a bit of a rooting interest in one of the Alberta teams, and it's, it's not the one that Connor plays for. Mm. Um, now, as, as a as a Flames fan, try to stay unbiased, but yeah, I'll try. Um, <laughs> does this does this hit happen? That's right. If Connor McDavid is more well taken care of in the grander scheme of the NHL, you know, James, I I don't believe it does. You know, like I I feel like. As much as I hate the Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid takes abuse, and I see it at first hand whenever they play the Flames. The Flames are the team that plays Edmonton Oilers the hardest against, and Michael Backlund is constantly hacking this guy on the wrist and the ankles, and 
Nobody does anything to whoever's hitting McDavid. You, you've seen the feud with Zach Cassian on Matthew Gachuk. What has Matthew Gachuk ever done to Connor McDavid? It was Matthew Gachuk versus Ma- Zach Cassian the whole time. McDavid continues to take abuse from whoever, and his teammates do nothing about it. So if I'm any other team, all the power to you. Look at you can piss McDavid off, and he's going to do some stupid shit. Go ahead, keep hitting him. There's no one on that Oilers team who's going to do anything about it. That's why I think they're the most classless organization in the NHL, on, from an unbiased Calgary Flames opinion. Certainly sounded unbiased to me. I don't. I don't know if the two of you felt the same way, but um, that's uh, that is mind bending coming from a Calgary Flames yeah, fan. But that's, color me that's shocked. Fine. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, like, yeah. I, I think at a certain point, like you're allowed to be frustrated, and like obviously, if the league isn't going to do certain things to protect its stars, then like you can only take so much. Like, I, I will sympathize a little bit and say, like, yeah, he's he's probably had enough of it, and. Did he go over the line? Yeah, he went over the line and probably should have been suspended, like you like you alluded to there, Brutes. But um, I mean, here's the thing: if you're not going to suspend him, then what that should be is a understood handshake between the NHL and Connor McDavid, being like, "Kate, we see your frustration. We're going to do better." But they're not. Yeah, they're not going to do better. They haven't already. Like I've already watched a game since then, and he's fucking getting haul around anyway. So like, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, they're not going to protect them. They've never protected their stars and they're going to continue to, I mean, it goes back to the whole thing we talked about last week, right? Like the NHL doesn't give a shit about the horrible officiating and, um, what has happened since the Tim Peel thing, uh, internally to change the way that the game's officiated. I don't know, but I haven't heard of anything. So by the looks of things, they're not going to do anything to change things. And, um, to me, that's just frustrating because going back to your point, um, yeah, like, he should have been suspended. They chose not to suspend him. Okay, but there should be a good reason for that, and I don't think there is. I think it's just another example of them being terrible at their jobs. Definitely, and you know, like if I if I'm Connor McDavid, my team's sitting like tied for second in the North Division. They have a playoff spot grasped. They're not going to lose it. If you're getting that pissed off, knowing you already have a playoff spot clinched. I'm going to love to watch this guy play another playoff game. If he thinks this is bad right now, see what it's like to get past the first or second round. Because it's going to get a lot fucking worse. I'm going to love... And when the officiating is lesser to a degree than what it is right now, I'm going to love to see this guy's reaction. He's about to play in a position that he's never been in before. You know, when they made the playoffs four or five years ago it was, people were like, oh, great, Connor McDavid, this is a surprise. He's taking the team of the playoffs. It's long overdue. I'm going to love to see how this guy plays in the playoffs when yeah. faced with true adversity. And we've never seen it. It's going to be interesting to see. And, but, but you expect hate... that, though, mm-hmm. right? Go ahead. You expect that. Of in, course. In the playoffs. You know. Like, every player in that league knows that it's like you're not going to get that call. But you should get the calls that you're not getting in the regular season. I think that's the bigger issue. Definitely. And to, to that degree, it's going to get a lot worse is what I'm saying in the playoffs. If it's not getting called now, it's going to oh, get to okay. a lesser oh, degree in the playoffs. For sure. For sure. In turn, he, was, he, he will get more pissed off in the playoffs and what's this guy have? Maybe 13 playoff games in six fucking years in this league? I'd, I'd love to see what you do in the playoffs, big guy. Well, the good news for him is he'll be playing the Winnipeg Jets, the team that takes the least uh, amount of penalties in the National Hockey League. And uh, let me tell you, they're not the least physical. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it could be a problem if that's the matchup for him. But uh, we'll see. Definitely, because Blake Wheeler has been the best guy advanced stats-wise in the NHL this year. I, I plan to see him 
overrule hmm. Connor McDavid this year. Hmm. Just kidding. Blake Wheeler's been a bust. But something Blake Wheeler is good He's at. He's going to get Lowry, Appleton, and Cop. Definitely. And that's not that's not a good matchup. Like, no, definitely not. Definitely like, not. Like the Jets, it goes back to the whole Mike Babcock fucking neutral shift fallacy where it's just like they would rather have 30 minutes a night where they don't generate any chances, but they stop the Oilers from generating chances. Of course. And play the shit out of McDavid. And and then, you know, hope for the best when Shifley's out there against fucking Kyle Turris. Like, and, and I don't blame them. Like, that's uh, if that's the way they want to go about it, I don't know if that's the way they have to, but if that's the way they go about it, like, I, I, don't, I don't like McDavid's chances there. Of course, and I, I think this is going to be a big turning point, turning page for the Edmonton Oilers. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be judged on how they do in the postseason this year. Like, this is the best player in the world. I'm sorry, if you don't mm-hmm. make it past the first round in your seventh, sixth year in the NHL, there's going to be some tough questions asked. I, I well, think, I'm, like, and I think it's not... It's not that too. They got Kyle Turris. Of course. And freaking Jujar Karras. They, they're just a wagon. And... They are a wagon, uh, Brutus. But I, I don't think Edmonton is ever going to willingly trade this guy. You'd be stupid to, but... When is Connor McDavid going to be like, I've had enough playing in this city? It's been the same shit year after year after year. And with the current cap and the contracts this team is tied up to, I don't see it getting better anytime soon. And this no. guy's contract is up in what? Three years now? Four years now? Three or four years? He's already half done his contract. It's going it's to be time. To, he's going he's gonna to start wondering, do I really want to play here? And I love that as a Flames fan. Uh, Steve Eisman only made it out of the first round of the playoffs once in his first six seasons in the NHL, but uh, I digress. Okay. Uh, Trotch, Connor McDavid is a centerman that plays hockey <laughs> for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, he wears number 97, and uh, he's from somewhere around Toronto. I, I don't know. So do you know anything about Connor McDavid and what he does? Yeah. Uh, well, Connor McDavid, I hear, is like one of the best players in the NHL. He plays center. And he plays center, and he's overtaken Sidney Crosby, and I hear... Uh, Kyle over here does not like him because he is a Flames fan. So it says as much as I know about him. Now, now, do you know why Kyle doesn't like Edmonton and Calgary? They're yeah. in the same province. Yeah, the Battle yeah. of Alberta. Okay. Uh, yeah. I am not. It's kind of. Like, I know a little bit about geography. It's kind of like the Stampeders versus the uh, Eskimos. Uh, uh, but oh fuck, Edmonton. Uh, versus uh, the Edmonton uh, football uh, team. For those who want to cancel us for no reason. Oh boy. <laughs> Let's turn this into political podcast. Honestly. That's right. Probably not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Please um, not. We've got one other. Joe uh, Rogan joins us now. Oh, Joe. Uh, all right. I respectfully resign my <laughs> post. Um, <laughs> we've got another NHL star gone mad, and that would be uh, Nathan McKinnon. Uh, <laughs> boys, I think uh, granted to say uh, there will not be a back-to-back Lady Bing trophy in this guy's no, cabinet. But that's okay. Um, well so- worth it. All right. Um, My inner Miles... Nathan Nathan McKinnon unleashes inner Miles Garrett to the utmost Canadian he is and gently shoveled a helmet into a man's face. I love it. Hmm. Great guy. Was it provoked? It was definitely provoked. Did the action uh, (laughs) warrant the decision? Probably not. But he was provoked. As a big football fan myself, now I'm hearing something I can, I can relate to. A guy getting hit with a helmet. So good. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Did anyone say anything? I don't. I was too busy watching the uh, the video. Um, Let me see this one more time. Look, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I Honestly, don't, I don't disagree with the decision to find him. It's pretty dirty. You got it. You got to find him because um, you know if that catches Garland the wrong way, that that could have been. Not Dude, great. he could have smacked his head off the glass. Like, but look, from from what but I've seen, is it worth the five thousand dollars? Hundred percent. So for McDavid, of course it was. Right, he's not going to miss that five thousand dollars to send a message Literally. to the National Hockey League. Is McKinnon going to miss his five thousand dollars for what is quite possibly one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life? Nah. I, so it's forty bucks for him, twenty for McDavid. I have one comment. He underhand pitched the helmet at him. That's what I said. He drew it off the ice and said, "Here you go." That's bud. not that. I thought he overhand threw it. No. See, so I remember it being worse from he the did other the most angle. Canadian it looked worse from the other angle. Ever seen. If you could. It, it, now, if 83 had his hands up, maybe he could say, like, he could have caught it. Not the worst thing I've ever seen. McKinnon was just trying to give him his helmet back. As That's a guy who is not a hockey guy, it's not Pretty. the worst thing I've ever seen watching hockey highlights. James, did you see this? Did you think this was an indictable offense? Yeah, I thought it was pretty fucking gutty. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, like... Is it a funny video? Yeah. Like, I fucking hate this guy. Get the fuck out of here. What you are you hate doing? Nathan McKinnon? Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? And then he squares him up. I respect that. Fucking garbage-ass play. Like, if you're going to throw a helmet, you have to go grip the guy him, up. Yeah. You're up 9-3 to three at this point. What are you doing? All right. Well, Get your head out of your ass. I'd say, James, they wouldn't have been running the score clock yet. So. Mm. Well. <laughs> <laughs> running time. Or what, was it 5 or was it over 5? I will five? agree. I if remember. you're blowing a team out at a 3-1 to six, one ratio, six, you probably should six, not be now. doing cheap tricks. But if you are going to throw a helmet at No, you and, that, well and that's, that, that's the problem. Sure. Like, if we're being real about it, like, it's, uh, like, do I like it? Do I think it's funny? Yeah. Um, I, I have long been on the... I, don't understand the whole uh, Nathan McKinnon as a sportsman-like person. Uh, I don't, I don't see that at all. I've never gotten that from him. He throws temper tantrums on the bench with his team, um, specifically his coach. A lot of the things about him off the ice, I question, but nothing that I can, you know, definitively state. So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really see him as this uh, golden boy by any stretch. But uh, do I think it's funny? Sure. Um, but I like Connor Garland. So. Yeah, I was gonna he's say, a good story too. I was gonna well. say eighty-three and uh, what's the other guy in here? Eighty-three and thirty-six got a couple licks on him, so you know it's fine. He, you know what I mean? Like everyone got a little out of it. Like he threw a helmet, but then he got hit in the face a couple times. Eighty-three gripped him up, so it's like there's no real loser out of this. It was situation. the most Canadian helmet toss out of so, man I mean, I've ever seen. But uh, James highly disagrees. Do you, do you like Nathan McKinnon at all? <laughs> James? I mean, like... No, but, so like, like, it, I, think, want him on I think he's a good hockey player, so, yeah. Like, I... For example, like, I hate Randall Gritchick the dude, but, like, he's pretty good at baseball, so, yeah. Can I ask why you hate Randall Gritchick the dude? Uh, he's just, like, a fucking big Trump guy that I'm just not cool with. Like, solely based off his political views is why you dislike him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have I met the guy? No. I, so I can't really, like, go off of anything else. Sorry, bro. I mean, don't you think, like, just disliking someone over their political views is a little... Fair enough. We'll move forward. All like, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we are not turning the Laced Up pod into a political podcast. I digress. Yeah, like, I, I don't like Seth Jones. You don't have to also agree with me. Like, he's a... I think he's a fucking shit dude. And whatever. But like, he's a great uh, hockey player. Let's put it frankly. He's Tom Brady's fine. a Trump supporter and everyone likes Tom Brady. Yeah, so like, and, that, and that's the thing. Let's like, I can moving. separate it with some guys hockey. and other guys just bug me. It doesn't really matter. It's fine. Yeah. There doesn't need to be consistency to it. 
Gretchuk over three today. I will say, as a physical sport Classic. of hockey, I do not find the helmet underhand toss as a big deal. As a guy who's a big fan of MMA and football, this does not seem as egregious as some things I've seen in hockey. This is one of those things that we're talking a versus the McDavid incident. Like, this is way worse. if they would have given McKinnon a game, I wouldn't have really argued with that. Like, yeah. honestly, I would have been like, that, okay. That would have been that's fair. fine. Like, uh, I don't, that's what he I don't think so, but like, yeah, I, I don't agree, but I would have lived with it. Like, that's fine. Um, but if that got a game and the McDavid thing didn't, that's, that I would have lost my fucking tree. Like, that's the difference, yeah. right? So what do I think about this? It's also not good, but it's not as bad as the McDavid thing because, yeah. uh, you you could have ruined a guy's career, whereas this I, I doubt like a very low percent chance he would have done any damage to. Eighty three almost of looked like he caught the helmet when when it was coming in. He almost caught it and wearing hockey gloves. And they're not made to catch. So James, if I were to throw throw this to you, do you think the helmet? Yes. That's I, if I were to throw the helmet at you, you know that's perfect. Actually, let's just, let's say it's me in the NHL. I'm some fourth line grinder. If I'm the fourth line grinder. And I throw the helmet at Nathan McKinnon. Am I getting suspended? Oh, yeah. So you, you think the NHL plays its favorites with regarding suspensions then? Well, it sure seems that way because Connor McDavid didn't get, uh, you know, two games. And I've seen a lot more games for a lot less. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. And, like, I, I don't agree with the league. And, and this and, is... uh, but that's the weird thing because, like, you've got this Department of Player Safety, which is completely separate from, like, you know, the officials that yep. ref the games. and That was a polite way to describe them. <laughs> and they're clearly on different Let's wavelengths. Let's leave it for what it is. You have one of the biggest goons in NHL history running the Department of Player Safety. So who's the... The, the biggest goon safety? is George Peros, who hands out suspensions for player safety. And he's one of the biggest goons in NHL history? Correct? Definitely. Okay. And that's the guy who says... Not suspendable. Not so, suspendable. Well, but wouldn't he know the most about dirty play versus anybody since he was one who He chooses in it? not to punish superstars. Okay. Is what we're getting at. So before before him was Shanahan. Yeah. The Shanna plant. And then before Shanahan was no, between Shanahan and uh Peros was Kintal, right? Was after Shanahan? Was, was yeah, maybe. I, I I didn't yeah, okay. And yeah. then before Shanahan, correct me if I'm wrong was Brian Burke, right? He was at one point. I don't know if it was directly before Shannon. So here's but... my question. When was the last time the NHL player safety had a guy running it that had never been suspended by NHL player safety? <laughs> <laughs> Ever? <laughs> like, well, have, have, I mean, well, like, Brian Burke. like, Burke, I guess, yeah. suspended by the NHL, but, like, like whatever. Like, <laughs> like, when was the last time they had a guy who, uh, you know... Seem to understand the rules. Right? Yeah, like, you guys ever seen Catch Me If You Can? You know how at the end of the yep. movie they hire that guy to stop the bank robberies. That's right, that's yeah. the best guy to hire is Leonardo DiCaprio exactly. at the end of the movie. If you guys don't have anything else about the crazy stars no, of the I'm, NHL, um, Thatcher Demko signed a brand new contract with the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, a five-year deal at five million dollars. Greatest goalie. Insert Pierre Dorian chucking beverage gif. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So Vancouver Canucks get their starting goaltender signed uh, up long term and uh, are still paying Roberto Luongo, I may add. Um, <laughs> you know what's crazy about it is that Roberto Luongo is not even the worst goalie on that roster, technically. So That's fucked. Yeah. Um, That's right. Thoughts on the deal? Oh, my thoughts. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I. Um, 
I, I, I like the deal to some degree. Um, here's what I'll say about the deal is that I do think that Thatcher Demko is a legitimate, uh, number one NHL goaltender. I do think that he is probably the long-term starter for Vancouver. And in addition to that, if he's not, they still have a goaltending prospect that by all accounts is supposed to be pretty good. So, um... Is that Pietro? Yeah. So, I like it because they do have an insurance plan. I like it because there are several goalies that have gotten this deal in the past. And, um, like the, the contract comparable for me, because he was the first goalie to really, really get this exact deal, was Frederick Anderson. And do I think Thatcher Demko at this age is better or worse than Frederick Anderson? I would say a little worse. But he's, what, a year or two younger than when Anderson got the deal? A little younger, so, like, for sure, he's, yeah. he's got yeah. some time. He's been a high-end goaltending prospect for seven years. And as we've learned recently, uh, it's never a good idea to give up on some of these guys because uh, Markstrom, Jack Campbell, seem to show up in their later 20s. So if Demko's this good now, how good might he be in a couple years? Uh, so I like all of that. Uh, however, <laughs> he has been good for a very small amount of time and is good like some other problematic goaltenders, he's good with a lot of shots and not as good with fewer shots. And so I don't know what the hell to make of those goalies sometimes. So uh, do I like it? Yes. Do I think it's perfect? It's as close as they're going to get. Like what else were they going to do? Sign them to a two-year, $3 million bridge deal? Well, if I'm Demko, I might tell them to get fucked because it, it took you seven years to get me here. So um, yeah, I, I, I think this was the the right move for both sides and and i'm happy for him yeah so if i might add in what is the difference between this contract and miko koskinen's they both have the almost same amount of number of nhl games played prior to contracts being signed you know how old miko koskinen is yeah the, definitely the, i'm the, just saying if we're going based off experience wouldn't you argue koskinen has more professional experience though you could yeah time? for sure but who's who's gonna be the better yeah. goaltender in five years like, like, who has you, more professional experience, though? Fucking Thatcher Demko or Mike McKenna? So you're going to give Mike McKenna $25 million to play in net? Definitely not. No. I'm just saying, how, how do you know Thatcher Demko, when given the, the net for 60 games a year, is not going to look like Miko Koskinen? You, you don't. don't know. You don't. You, you don't, but the thing is, is that um, who would I rather work with? A 25-year-old first-round pick or a 32-year-old? European 32-year-old. Is he drafted? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he was back in the day, but like... Um, he was a high draft You know, Koskinen too. is not a guy who, by any recollection, was expected to be much. He's a European free agent. And um, has he gotten better since the Oilers signed him? No. Uh, whereas, has Demko gotten better since his first NHL game? Yeah, noticeably. He actually was pretty bad, like, for the first little bit. So, um, even this year, he wasn't good Demko. to start. The, the problem is is that, of course, he's been hot, right? Demko's been hot. He's been one of the best goalies as of late. But um, do do I think that there's room to, to improve here? Yeah, because most of the best goalies we've seen break into the league over the last five years have been over 25, I would say. So. I'm, a, I'm a stickler for the details, Brutes. Uh, Miko Kostin drafted five spots ahead. Of Thatcher Demko, so mm -hmm. take that for yeah. Mid two thousands goaltending scouting notoriously fucking bang on too. So 
I'm just saying, uh, Thatcher Demko, prior to the deal, had only played 60 games in the National Hockey League. You're going to throw $25 million at a guy who's played 60 games? Yeah, but like... Yeah, but the, what do you do? Like, like, Sorry to cut you off, but like, Kyle, what's the answer here? You're not going to ride... I am an unbiased Flames next... fan talking about the Vancouver Canucks. I just think... You're, caught, you're, you're bringing up a lot of opposition to the situation and not well, really here, giving here's, an answer. Here's the difference. No, because, because, like, recency bias, let's compare it to the most recent deal for a goaltender that was a lot of years and a lot of money, which is Jordan Bennington, right? And so you sign Thatcher Demko and you look at Demko, like, even 2017-2018, he plays 46 games for Utica. He's a 922. He plays three years for Boston College. He never had a year where he was under 919. Like, this is a guy who's been good for a long time. The moment he was drafted, everyone looked and were like, holy fuck, Vancouver's got a goalie coming here. And then no one has stopped saying that since he got there. Whereas Jordan Binnington gets called up. Binnington, granted, goes like 931 and wins them a Stanley Cup, and that's all great. And then he goes last year, and I don't have it in front of me, was 910, 909. Significantly He was less. league average roughly, a little over. And then this year has been under league average, and they give him $36 million. So if that's the market, like who would I rather take here? I'd rather take the goalie that for seven years I knew was going to be good as opposed to the goaltender who we saw, who another team signed, um, who was never supposed to be good like over the last six years, won us a cup and now we're just going to give him a bunch of money. You know, like there, there have been a lot of situations. Like I still think this is a similar deal to Markstrom where like even in Calgary, I can defend the flames where it's just like, yeah, Markstrom was a high-end goalie prospect and has been highly regarded for a lot of years. Like, there's a good reason to believe he's going to be good there. So throw him a bunch of money and see what happens. And we'll we'll see what happens long-term. But, you know. Clearly not short-term, though. Definitely not. For for Markstrom's case. Well, then, then, and we we'll, may as well get to it now because I, I lined this up as a natural segue. Um, Fetch Demko, obviously the new deal, but... Uh, the last deal of his current contract might not really matter too much because the Vancouver Canucks are going through uh, what can only be described as COVID hell uh, right now out in British Columbia. Half the team diagnosed with uh, COVID over the past, uh, what, three days or so? More um, than half, actually. Now. Is it more than half? With the sure. variant. The number is yeah. at uh, 14 plus staff members. So okay, more than half of the traveling group has COVID. And they are the only professional sports team out of the four, the four major Americans, North American sports. Players are being hospitalized. That's how serious their COVID cases are getting. Hmm. Ventilators. Like or, they, this is just terrible for them. Or perhaps a testament to how much better our medical system is. Oh. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's problematic and what's going to happen here long term I think is kind of the big question mark, right? Because like this team's not making the playoffs. Like, we, we yeah. can pretend all we want. Um, but the problem is is that they're still well in the playoff race on paper, right? Like, you can't just sit here and say, oh, once you play games, the, yeah. your, how many left do they have? 18 remaining games, maybe? 36 points, yeah. So, like, how can you sit here and say, like, yeah, you guys are going to definitely lose, like, you know what I mean? Like, you 40% yeah. of those games. You can't tell a team that, but at some degree here, you know what I mean? Like, we can't just postpone the NHL season two to three weeks so that way the Vancouver Canucks can play eight more games against the fucking Flames and the Senators. Like, you know what I mean? The problem is if none of those teams are making the playoffs, uh, which none of them probably are, like, how how do you do this from an NHL perspective? And 
they're in a wait-and-see approach. But, you know, if you were to ask me to put money on it, do I think the Vancouver Canucks are going to play 56 games this year? Uh, I'll take the under, for sure. Now, here's here's the big problem, too, that you have to keep in mind, is that there's, I did the math here. There's 15 games left for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, now, their season doesn't matter. 19, no? Because they played 37. I've, I've got... 15 in front of me here. Their postponed dates won't be on their schedule yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they, they do have 19 remaining games. Oh, okay. Uh, regardless. They, like, they, they're supposed to have 19 remaining games. <laughs> Whether or not they end up having them, we'll see. Sure. But, yeah. Um, but, you know, re- regardless, like, their season may be done. They've got four or five here against the Ottawa Senators. Their season's done. But the Winnipeg Jets have played all their games against Vancouver this year. Mm-hmm. They have... So, you know, quote-unquote, bank their points. Uh, you've got the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers. Like, those three teams are all within a few points of each other at the top of the division. Uh, you know, the Leafs have four or five games against them. The Oilers have three or four against them. Like, those are points that are going to matter. And while I'm aware of the fact that the NHL has long uh, had to acknowledge the presence of the point percentage over the, the points itself, like... How do you how do you get away with you know structuring your 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 schedule in such a way that now these teams are going to you know lose out on potential points or benefit from points that are already accumulated and I'm not trying to play the the leaf card here like I, I feel for Oilers fans just as much like you're you get excited to play the Canucks when you're when you're these fan bases right because you expect to win those games right this is supposed to be a team that isn't very good and isn't going to make the playoffs and you're kind of counting on hey. You know what? We're we're two back, but we still got four against the Canucks. You know, like just same as if you're in the uh, East Division and you're the Boston Bruins and you're not in first place, but hey, we haven't played Buffalo yet. Like you, you kind of expect to have those points down the road, just just the way the schedule works, right? So, I think the league has to consider the idea of re kind of reformatting the schedule for the Canucks, and if they can't play till May. And then, you know, you take the five games that they would have played in May and then you, okay, well, we're not going to play the Ottawa games because those games don't matter. And maybe we don't play the games against the Flames, you know, all, you know, all kidding aside, like the Flames may not be around to, you know, have this conversation either, but How dare you? it's not fair I, when you do that. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying I have the answer here, but it's just, it's very frustrating if you're one of those. No, I don't disagree with you. Like, like I'm the same guy who sat here last year and, and basically said that they shouldn't do any sort of bubble playoff because I think it's bullshit that teams that played 68 games are getting into the playoffs versus teams that played 71. And and I don't really care what anyone says. Like, the, the grind is, is much different even with a three-game difference. Like, it, it just is. So, um, you know, even with four months off, now we're going to sit here and talk about like what we're going to we're going to make Vancouver uh, not play Calgary and Ottawa, but they're going to come back and they're going to play all their games against Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Toronto. Well, they don't play Winnipeg. Well, well okay, so they're going to play what just Edmonton, Toronto, and they're going to have their fucking spoiler hats on, and they're going to they're they're going to we all know it. The, the Canucks are not going to lose a fucking game when they come back. They're not. <laughs> it doesn't matter how sick these guys fucking get. They're going to find a way to win all these games because that's just the way hockey seems to work, yeah. right? Anything you want to happen just doesn't fucking end up happening. And then, so what? That's fair. That's that's not fair to the Oilers, the Leafs, or especially the Canucks. So, like, what are they supposed to do here? Like, it, it's hard to tell a team, come back just because we need you to help sort out our standings. 
You know what I mean? So, so what's the right course of action? Cancel all their games and tell them their season's done and they have to forfeit those games? Well, it's not their fault they got fucking COVID either. Oh, because for all we, we know, don't know that. For all we know, for all we know, it was uh, Fourth Line Center's wife is a nurse and she came home and didn't fucking wash the right hand. <laughs> here we go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we don't know what happened here. And to, to COVID blame, I'm super against because we don't know how they got it. We don't know the implications. And for all we know, this is a benign situation that has just gone wrong. So there's no right answer. There's no fair solution. And no matter what the NHL decides to do, it's not going to be fair. Right? Like, that's just where we're at. Could you say to call up players for Vancouver to replace the sick players to give them an opportunity? Not exactly. Would that not be fair? Is that not the plan that they have in place right now? The league has summoned the Canucks it, to to call up a bunch of AHL be, players. Would it give play. guys an opportunity who would not get the opportunity otherwise to play in the NHL? It would give them an opportunity, but obviously the Vancouver Canucks don't want an arrowed AHL roster obviously, in an NHL but game. This is unprecedented like circumstances. So if they could bring up players, maybe they get one or two players who could play pro hockey. Right? That's not what it's about, though. It's about the players' health. Right, obviously. Obviously, you don't play the players who are sick, but to cancel the Canuck season when you could call up players. Definitely. I I, I do agree with you on that point. As a guy, I can see calling Mm -hmm. up, is it called AAA players? AHL. AHL AHL players. Give them the opportunity they would never have in a regular season. In 2017, 18, or 19, they would not get this Versus just canceling their games. Yeah. yeah because of people pay season tickets. People want to watch these there games. There is no fans, but... Right, but people want to watch these games, right? Of course. How do you people... feel if your favorite team, the Calgary Flames, if I was, a... was canceled I'm a Dire Flames fan. I, I would be crushed if they so canceled any of their games. So call up guys who can play almost at the NHL level. Maybe guys who can play at the NHL level. Maybe guys who can play at the Canucks level who will make a team maybe a year from now. But give those guys the opportunity to play so you can watch Canucks hockey. Make it's hard It's hard for me to weigh in because if the Leafs had to call up the Marlies to play the Senators a bunch, they'd probably... They'd probably still be competitive. They'd probably play better. Especially yeah. when I see a team who's ranked 5th out of 7. They're not going to make the playoffs anyway, correct? As far as I know. So they're just they're just keeping I mean, the fans happy. I mean, here here's the thing, though. Like, as much as we, dis, as much as we say that, their playoff chances are, are pretty bad. So, but they still have 19 games left and they're six games so back. Like, like if very, the if the Canadians yeah. just absolutely blow the tires out from under themselves, there's no reason to suggest that the Canucks aren't making the playoffs for sure. And that's the other problem, yeah. right? Like, like, logically, are they making it? No. We've all watched the Canucks play probably 25 of those 37 games at yep. least. They're bad. Uh, I'm shocked they have as many points as they do. But are the Canadians that much fucking better? Do we have that much faith in the Canadians that they aren't going to blow a six-point lead? I don't. So that's the other problem, too. Like, to Trotch's point, would they rather try to make the playoffs with fucking, like, Cole Lind and shit playing second-line minutes to just see what happens here? If you you quit, you have no chance. Maybe. Definitely. Like, even, like, not even trying to throw it to a Calgary eyes, but, like, like you were saying, like, you have to play the games to see nice. who I, makes the playoffs. I took a gamble there like, that Cole Lind was still in that system, and he is nice. <laughs> I, I hate to speak out of term, but I'd like to see guys get an opportunity at least, right? Like, it's good to see guys who... Yeah, it should be an earned, earned opportunity, yeah, not from a the, medical. For the right, right reasons. But it's earned because of 
the unprecedented times, right? But they're at least getting a chance. Maybe I, they I agree are with, any. I do players. agree with what you're saying. It's just the league's not looking at it in that sense, right? Uh, unfortunately, but like like you were saying, Vancouver's playoff odds are trash. Like what the Flames are, Calgary plays Montreal five more times, so, and they are four so and one against them so far. I have a question for for you three. So what? So what do you think, guys? Are are we back on the well, Calgary Flames playoff Eventually, the five hundred teams going to win five hundred games. Uh, <laughs> Fuck that's you. My, that's my thought. Would you guys rather see the Canucks bow out of the season, or to have whatever players they have from their farm league system come up and play? I'd like what to see you, them play. What would be your guys' opinion? Since I'm, I'm gonna playing. bitch no matter what they decide. So <laughs> like, Fair. I, I, I don't know. No, my, my thought is that. I would rather see them play the balance of their schedule. The pr- The problem is that, you know, we got Sunday postponed, we got Thursday, or we got Tuesday postponed. 14 players. There is no way they're playing Thursday night in Calgary. I find it hard to believe they're playing Saturday night in Calgary. So, minimum, they're probably postponed till next Monday against Edmonton. And how, where do you fit in those extra four games? You know what I mean? Plus... Uh, they had Saturday postponed, and I think they had something postponed against Montreal maybe last week. Yeah, like they they've got it already several games, and they're going to have more to make up. And so you're going to tell, um, you know, this team that they got to play 19 games in in how 30 nights is it going to end up being? Which is an unprecedented number. Yeah, and I've got to be honest with you, like I don't know this for sure. It actually might be in their collective bargaining agreement that they can't play that amount of games in that amount of time. That, that's like, the other thing. That yeah. honestly might be part of it. I don't know that. Maybe, for sure. like, yeah, maybe but, two years ago, but I, they, you know, restructured and everything. I'm sure they had that, to that's, for that. That's for for sure, James. But that is an insane amount of hockey to play in that amount of time. Sure. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if that, even on the COVID revision, that that's the number because that's that's nuts. That's that's a back to back every several nights. Like that—that's stuff that they've fought not to have to do, and if it's in there, I don't blame them for having to kind of restructure around that. So, what do you do? Do you push the season back a week? You can't really. Here's what I—sorry, just yeah, to, to yeah. end my point. What I think will end up happening is they'll end up doing that cancellation thing, and at very worst, the Canucks are playing into the second week of May, while other divisions are starting the playoffs, and Canada kind of has to wait. Like I just. I, I, I think that's the only way it's going to end up going, and the NHL is just going to have to scramble here as best they can. If if I'm the NHL, <clears throat> I look at this and I say that we've got a four game set against Ottawa. Let's take that off the books. Let's just let's just take it off just for now. We've got the NHL has already extended the the season to the eleventh. The Canucks were slated to finish their season on the eighth, so you've got at least call it the tenth and eleventh. That you could play, um, and have a batch back there, right? You, pl- you 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 try to fill in the dates that you have with the Ottawa Senators with other other teams. You know, you put the Leafs games in there, you put the the Oilers games in there, and you get those played at least. You you play those games, and and if you get to May 11th, and you still haven't played those four Ottawa games, and the Canucks and the Senators are still on the outside looking in, sure they play their games while everyone else is in the playoffs, and and we get them out of the way. And that helps determine the draft spot, and everybody gets their pay, and guys can go out there and try to prove their contract for next year, mm. and we don't have to cancel anything. But like, we're realistic with the situation. We're realistically saying, look, neither of you guys are making the playoffs anyway. You'll play the night between the two teams that are playing the quarterfinals, type of nice. deal, right? Like, like 
is anyone really going to bitch that there's more hockey on TV at that point? Probably not. I'm really excited for the Sportsnet commercial. We, on Thursday night, we've got Canucks, Senators, Michael Haley versus Louis Erickson. Let's go, baby. It's going to be great. It's a shit show regardless. There's no right answer. I would hate to be the guy making the call. Uh, however it's not you, good. However you slice it. But we are going to get to our trade deadline preview, I think, at this point, And kind of run down each team. And uh, maybe something that they should do, something that they, someone that they should pursue, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we'll spend a you know a minute or so on each team and have some fun and uh, talk some trades because everyone loves a good uh, NHL COVID quarantine edition of uh, Trade Center. Now, as I preface every time we do this, uh, some teams might get forty-five seconds, some teams might get like three, four minutes. You know what I mean? That there are some teams that are just generally more interesting than uh, yeah. than other teams. I, I I'm sorry, fans of the well, the Ottawa Senators, you're not that interesting this time of year or this year. Like you're just not. You don't have anything to trade. It's okay. It's fine. You didn't get screwed. You, you you've made a lot of trades. You got a lot of young guys. Everything's gonna be fine, provided your owner sells the team. Everything's gonna be fine. Uh yeah okay. So the uh, lace up. Trade deadline preview show. We've got, uh, we're going to do this by division. We're going to go through uh, all four divisions and uh, go by the standings. So uh, let's just uh, say it. Let's get it over with. The Buffalo Sabres, last place in the East. Uh, who are they trading out aside from Taylor Hall? And uh, what should maybe be their focus going into the deadline? Now, here's the thing. We're going to we're gonna talk about constantly here. Sure. It just goes without saying. We, we, we Let's just get it off the table now. We don't know anything okay. about Seattle. COVID aside, because, you know what I mean, this deadline is probably going to be a little deader than uh, normal, and is that rightful or wrongful? I, I I think it's wrongful if I were a team that, especially we're looking to win the Stanley Cup, uh, I'm certainly looking to get all the help I can get, and, um, you know, as long as you have an owner who's willing to pay a few million dollars in salary, which a lot of teams don't, then you should just make your fucking moves. Right? Yep. Right. Is that is that is that uh, conceivable? So, what do I think the Sabers should do? Um, they should uh, go into a gas station. Sorry, not a gas station because you can't get them there. You should go into a uh, any sort of a Seven Eleven or a Circle K without a gas station. Now, if you go up to the counter, uh, they will give you free matches. You should take as many matchbooks as possible. Come back to KeyBank Arena. And yeah. just burn the thing to the ground and that. sell the team. <laughs> now, For the insurance what thing. do I think the possibility of that happening is? Pakula's forty percent. Um, so the other sixty percent. Speaking here, uh, you should trade Taylor Hall. Uh, if he wants to go anywhere, trade him because um, he's going to walk. There is right? no, there's no reason why. <laughs> You shouldn't get an asset for a guy that you signed in the summer that you were most likely just going to trade at the deadline for an asset. So stick to that plan. Uh, if there's anything on the table to get Jeff Skinner off your books, <laughs> do it. It involves getting Taylor Hall. But it's but it's <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky. So there's nothing there's nothing nothing's happening with the Jeff Skinner thing. An interesting one for me would be Sam Reinhart. Yeah. Because there are there is RFA rights there. Yeah. Do I think they do anything there? No. 
Um, so aside from Hall, other names that I would be interested to see, Tobias Reeder is a mid to late round pick at least they can get. Riley Shahan, if there's anyone who wants him. Edmonton Oilers. You can, yeah, that went well the last time. Uh, you can, you can trade for him. Um, that, that's probably it. I mean, another guy that just looks like he's absolutely had it there is, uh, is Brandon Montour. Oh, so yeah. If, first if, round, first round pick if, defenseman right there. That's, again, I, that's, I, that's I, what it's I, worth. What I want, Brandon Montour, no. And like, I write for a team that desperately needs a defenseman. Would I want Brandon Montour on the Jets? No. But there might be a team. I don't know who that team is, but there might be a team. What about the goaltending And the last thing I was going to say is Linus Allmark is obviously worth a, a pretty good pick. So Yeah. I think Allmark's pretty good, to be honest. You, you, you're going to lose Allmark regardless. You're probably going to lose Carter Hutton. Like, I, I don't see that dude re-signing in Buffalo. <laughs> like, why would you? Well, I mean, where he's at with his injury, like, Hutton's probably played his last game. Uh, on this contract, I would say. So, um, we'll see what happens in the summer there. But Because they still have to meet the NHL like expansion draft priority with their goal tank situation. And I don't know that they have a guy that is going to fill the books. They, they traded away Johansson to the Avalanche. They're probably going to trade away Olmark. Um, Hutton's a free agent. They have mm-hmm. Dustin Tokarski on the roster. You need to have two. So they're going to have to either sign somebody at the 11th hour or re-sign Carter Hutton. I mean, the likely possibility here is they're going to see if there's a lot of interest out there for Allmark and if there's anything that makes sense to trade him. Otherwise, maybe bring Goy back in. Yeah. They're going to try to sign him, but um you know. And I mean, yeah, like even to your point though to bring another goalie contract in, who who is this cuz most teams have their goaltending figured out for the fucking expansion draft. Like there's not a lot of teams that you know what I mean? Like, like for example, just because we're privy to, you know, what they do. Like, yeah, maybe the Leafs trade you Michael Hutchinson. But if they know that's the difference between you and meeting compliance, like, you're going to overpay to get a shit goaltender that you don't even want just so you can expose a guy yeah. and meet the fucking requirements. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a sticky situation there. But um, my bet is that I, I don't think Allmark's going to get traded. I think he'll resign there. Hmm. And I'm sure uh, Monday morning he will be traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs because they need a goaltender. So. What is Hall worth? Hmm. Not much. I think he's like, at the most, you're going to get like a third round pick for Taylor Hall, in my opinion. Wow, I hardly disagree to, with that. To, like... to take that salary, too? Have he's, you seen? He's gone. Have I'm, you seen what NHL GMs have given up for first round picks in the past? Definitely. But, Who's but, paid a first round for Taylor Hall? Have, have you seen? Have you seen what so premium assets like, have gone for in the past too? Like that's the other thing, right? Because like, what did Taylor Hall get traded for last year? Not not much. Like really, not much. Like a a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, what did Stone get traded for? Like, Brandstrom. A good, a good prospect. Yeah, and a second round pick because Vegas, time because Vegas didn't have a first at the time. Brownstrom, a great prospect, now yeah. more of a good prospect. Sure. But like, regardless, like that's the biggest return that anyone's gotten for a guy like that in the last few years. And you know, we're talking about trading Taylor Hall, who's worth less than Taylor Hall. And so, what do they get for him? That 
if they get a first round pick, I don't think that they, they first. should. They should sign Kevin Adams for fifteen years. I don't think there, there is there is there is no way they should get a first round pick for him. Uh, what would I give up to get him? Um, yeah, a, a third and a, and, a, and a guy. Like I don't. I don't yeah, like, particularly like, care for Taylor Hall. It depends on your situation, sure, too, I guess. But like Brian Boyle has been traded twice for a second round pick in his career, and like, yeah, sure, like he's a great fourth line centerman that had a lot of playoff experience, but he's not better than Taylor Hall. Never was. <laughs> no, and that's the problem. The market, the market fluctuates, and it's a little bit bizarre too. Like to bring in, here's the thing: is like not a lot of teams are looking to bring in a high end scoring forward because they usually have it figured out. And yeah. your high end scoring forwards at the deadline usually show up and are high end scoring forwards. So any scoring forward is a depth guy at this point. And um, you know, it's not to say that Brian Boyle's a better player than Taylor Hall, but the Brian Boyle type is maybe a bit more of a premium at the deadline than a Taylor Hall. Like you should have your Taylor Halls already on your team kind of thing. And Taylor Hall, like, what are you expecting him to come in to be? Like if you're, if you're Boston, you want him to be a second line productive left winger. Mm -hmm. Is, is he that? I, I don't think so. I understand people that do. I, I, I'm skeptical. Uh, that's fucked. Cause the guy won the heart trophy two years ago, but like, yeah. I, I don't know what to make of him. What do I give up for him? It's probably not what he's going to go for, but what is he going to go for? Probably not what other people think that he's going to go for either. So. Yeah. Uh, the New Jersey devils would be le- uh, next on our, uh, Eastern division breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not making the playoffs. They've got a lot of young talent on the team that uh, is going to be, you know, within a year or two away. Like maybe we're talking about this team being really good. Mackenzie Blackwood looks at the real deal, but um, I don't really know if, if there's a lot here going on with the Devils. Sounds like Kyle Palmieri is coming back, according to Elliot Friedman. Uh, Travis Zajac is obviously uh, due to expire at the end of this season. They could look to move him. Try to get him his cup, you know, the old guy with uh, without a ring type of deal. Uh, but beyond that, I don't really see them doing much. Um, yeah, I mean, Palmieri will stay. I would imagine. I uh, like you said. I don't. I don't see that. Um, Zajac stays. Palmieri's an interesting one to me because he's always wanted to be there, right? Like, I, if I remember correctly, he's a New Jersey boy, so. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, Palmieri, yeah, I think Palmieri stays in New Jersey. I, I, I would be kind of surprised to see him want to go anywhere else. Uh, and I think the Devils are the type of organization. They'll keep him around. I don't really know what's to gain from trading him. Uh, big name for me for the easy to trade, too, would be Miles Wood. Uh, whether or not they're going to do that and whether or not they should do that, I, I don't know. But... Um, there is a lot of discussion that Miles Wood would get you a Blake Coleman return, which if we all remember, the Blake Coleman return was insane for Blake Coleman. So, um, yeah, I, I could see Miles Wood maybe being a big, big name for them, and I would not be shocked at all to see him traded. Ryan Murray, of course, if they're willing to take half the salary. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably it. Like like maybe Aaron Dell or Scott Wedgwood for a pick. Um Again, I, I don't know what teams really are trading for goaltenders, but there might be some. The yeah. irony of the Leafs maybe giving up a pick yeah. to get Aaron Dell back uh, hurts my soul. But it might happen. I'd rather Wedgwood. 
too, if we're going to pick one of those guys. So. The New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside looking in, they're three points out of the final playoff spot, despite the fact that, well, you know, uh, not despite the fact, but the Bruins do have three games in hand uh, over them. So not looking great. Uh, I think that this is a team that uh, is probably destined to finish uh, in fifth place, you know, just miss out on that final playoff spot. But I, I don't think that they're they're uh, destined for the postseason. Uh, that would make them sellers in my books, and I wouldn't sell much. I, you know, I, I might flip Brennan Smith again, high cap hit for what you're getting out of him. Um, I don't know if a team is going to be really willing to take on that guy at this point. Beyond that, I don't know. Like nobody else really strikes me as someone that you're going to want to try to move off of this roster. Um, outside of they got a lot of RFAs, but I, I think for the most part they're going to try to keep those guys around. Uh, this could be a very boring deadline if you're a Rangers fan. I see them doing next to nothing. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, oh baby, uh, hmm. can you plug the the leak in the boat, uh, or are we already uh, trying to pale out water on a sinking ship? Um, also, just as the Rangers are three points out of the playoff spot, Bruins only have two two games in hand over them. Uh, they do have games in hand over everybody else ahead of Boston, but uh, it really does feel uh, too little too late for the Philadelphia Flyers to uh, have any hope at saving their season. Uh, as I alluded to, I think the Rangers are going to leapfrog them sooner than later. And, um, yeah, sell, 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 I, I would have to say if, if I'm uh, Chuck Fletcher. If there's any team in this division that I could see just clicking and going on a run here, it's probably the Flyers. Now, am I expecting them to do that? No. And do, and do I think they should be buyers at the deadline? No. Um, but, like, do they have much to sell off? Uh, like the only asset really that is going to be worth much on the trade market is, is Scott Lawton. I would do everything in my power to keep Scott Lawton on the Philadelphia Flyers because I do think that he is a value depth piece comparable to Zach Hyman where just, I wouldn't want to fuck with the fact of having him on the roster. So, um, do I see them moving Lawton? No. Do they see, do I see them moving anyone? Uh, probably not. I think Michael Raffle is uh, some team's emergency replacement mm-hmm. player. You know, they're, they're, we're going to get down to the uh, final minutes of the deadline, and um, hey, I couldn't get so and so, who I I kind of bet the bank on, and uh, I'll go after Michael Raffle to kind of prove to my owner that I'm gonna be, doing something. You got to be able to do better than Michael Raffle, no? Off this roster, though. Like, well, you know, like yeah. I'm just saying it's, that's like, your way of saying you don't think the Flyers are making a trade. Probably not. <laughs> but I, I really could see some some GM talk himself into the idea that I can I can get Michael Raffle back to the 30 point guy he used to be. And, uh, you know, RIP to that GM. Kyle, are the Flyers cooked? Oh, they are burnt, my guy. The, the Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> are the Calgary Flames of the East. One might say a team that had expectations was a playoff team last year. Yeah, has not been that this year. And can I say why? Why are we so 
you have a great team who's been decent for the last few years. They have one bad year. Why are we just sell, sell, sell? Blow it up. They won't be. Like that that's the point, right? It's like I I think the Flyers might miss I, I understand that they have two games they're two games back of the Bruins who have four points in hand. Yeah. What I'm saying is I would not be shocked if the Flyers go on a run. I'm not Definitely. I'm not necessarily taking them to make the playoffs over the Bruins, because none of those other three teams are probably going to miss the playoffs, but um, I wouldn't be shocked if they miss the playoffs by, like, a point on De- the final Definitely, game. and, like, the thing I'm saying, like, teams shouldn't be just, like, oh, season's lost, sell, sell, sell. This is not a regular year. In a regular year, you would have had 30 more games to make up four points. Like, mm-hmm. you, you yeah. shouldn't take this, this, not to say it should be taken with a grain of salt, but in a regular year, Cal- bring this back to Calgary, Calgary had 30 more games to make up four points. I agree. The Are division, you going to sell your team because it's just one year with 30 less games? Probably not. On the other hand, though, to make up four points in a regular year is a little bit different than this year where it's easier to make up four points the because divisions are changed you're playing them, yeah. the teams you're trying to make up the fucking points so, on most of the time. I'm just saying that that's a lot of more wiggle room for a team ahead of you to take a shit and for you to excel. But because usually we see after the deadline, one team goes on a crazy run. And one team will regress. It happens every single year. And eventually the league will go back to normal, right? It's like, going back to normal next year. COVID will not last forever. So do you want to blow up the Flyers well, roster? We hope. We hope. That's all we yeah, can hope. But like, I again, guarantee Kyle, you like, it will not ask, last for another 200 years, right? Like so. the, the Rangers and Devils are poised to take a step forward, right? The, the Penguins and Capitals, yeah, their day is going to come where they fall back uh, to earth. But... If I'm in the Philadelphia Flyers, and I'm 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 not I'm not trying to like react to this season per se, but like there's a lot of fat that I would be trimming off this roster. Of course, Ryan Elliott's got to go. But if you want, Justin Braun's got to go. Eric Gustafson just didn't work out. Shane Goss is spared. Well, we tried to get rid of him. No one wanted him. You know what I mean? Like let's go on on the list here. Are, is James one. Van Riemsdyk ever going to have a season like this again? I wouldn't bank on it. So yeah, let's sell that guy. <laughs> but, but how dare you, James? But eventually the divisions will go back to normal, and then you'll have to They'll gauge. Be back to normal next and then you'll year. have to gauge for your skill level versus that division. He's not just saying that th- this core that Philadelphia is trying to win with is probably peaked at what it will be. And when they go back to regular divisions, it's going to be harder for this core to even do anything, which is a fair point to say. That's been the same core Philadelphia has been trying to win with. Yeah. Core wise for the last decade. As a guy who's not And a, it hasn't happened. As a guy who's not a big hockey fan, that I see a lot of names I've recognized for the last three or four years. Oh Just, yeah, you are you are to mention Troch is a Philadelphia Eagles fan, so if he were to chime in, he is our Philadelphia Flyers. Like analyst. I mean uh, so, and I've seen a lot of these me, names. For me there's no need in. to fucking overanalyze this team though. Like the the thing is for the Flyers, we talked about it before. They have gotten the worst goaltending in the National Hockey League this year. And if they get even slightly below average goaltending, they're probably a playoff team. But mm. they have gotten uh, like almost record-settingly bad goaltending on, on some nights. And um, yeah, like they're just they're just not there right now. Uh, if they maybe can get Linus Allmark for a pick, like maybe that helps because he is better than what they've got right now. But we'll see. Uh, the Boston Bruins have the luxury of sitting in the final playoff spot in the Eastern Division, nine points back of the Islanders and Penguins, uh, four games in hand. So uh, there's uh, uh, no nothing to say here that they are going to be stuck in that spot, but uh, obviously Philadelphia Rangers breathing down their necks. Uh, what do the Bruins do here uh, with a lot of runaway left in the season and um, 
what I would call a, a close to perfect roster. Like maybe maybe you want to bolster your defense a little bit, but I I don't agree. I think uh, the Bruins are a one line team that seems to make it work, and uh, McAvoy's having an unbelievable season. Uh, yeah, they they could use a, a couple defensemen. They could use uh, for sure a scoring forward of some kind. They're the team that I would pick if I had to pick a team that is going to get Taylor Hall. Um, just seems to be a natural fit there. They've been looking for a second line left winger for. A million years, it feels like, and DeBrusque is not healthy at the moment, so we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the Bruins, if I'm the Bruins, I, I would think are going to be one of the more active teams at the deadline because um, the only controllable fact that they have is that they have two games in hand on the Flyers, and they still play the Flyers two more times. So if they win both those games, they can effectively knock the Flyers out. But, um, like, make no mistake, the Bruins haven't been insane this year. They've been fine. So, uh, yeah, they need to be better, and we'll see what happens. Um, all right, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins having uh, what you might call a bit of a surprise season, uh, sitting in third place in the division, tied with the Islanders for second, actually, and um, Sidney Crosby and company still getting the job done. A uh, bit of a, a tandem duo in that uh, Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith get the job done back there after lots of talk about how they would move on from the Matt Murray era. Um, I think it's safe to say that uh, uh, Brian Burke and, and Ron Hextall are going to want to take a run with this roster sooner than later uh, based on how the uh, age curve is playing out. Um, Brian Burke loves to swing for the fences. Uh, do we have a big trade uh, maybe coming on the pipeline here in the next uh, week and a half? I hope so. Brian Burke is uh, what many would call the wizard of deadline trades. Maybe not the best deadline trades, but the guy always does like to do something around the deadline. Do I have a handle on what he's going to do with Pittsburgh? I, I really don't know, but I feel like if he was going to trade anybody from that core, like Cross, Billetang, Malkin, I feel like it may have happened already it wouldn't necessarily be a deadline thing or it would be an off-season thing um but just in my opinion i don't think any of those guys will go to the deadline and due to the fact there's been no chatter about about those guys as of right now i really believe that they're going to try to add what does pittsburgh need right now to make them a better team i think they need another fourth defenseman in my in my opinion they need to get deeper on the back end like most teams heading into the postseason a good suitor for Pittsburgh. I mean, you, you just mentioned maybe the rivals like Brent, um, Justin Braun. We have from Philadelphia a guy who they could look in the ship out. Not necessarily that's the best trading partner, but I, I really feel like Pittsburgh needs a fourth defenseman to bolster themselves to get into the postseason because there's no doubt in our minds that they have the goal scoring to do it, which we have not seen in the last few playoff series that they've been in. But I, I'm a firm believer you're not going to do anything to shake up that offensive side of things so what you can do is do something to build on the defensive side of things so i really do believe they need a third third fourth defenseman um james what what do you think do you think they need defense i mean any 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 time you can get cody cc out there less um <laughs> I, I would say that's probably a win true so yeah sure uh bring in bring in anybody that might replace that guy's minutes and uh i'll, I'll crown them stanley cup champions um <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that a little bit of depth up front wouldn't kill them because, like, for all their faults, like, you, you, they got a couple guys here that have had some history problems in the past and you'd hate to get into, you know, a, a week before the playoffs and, and suddenly you're, you're missing one of your key guys. But um, I don't think necessarily you swing for the fences on a big-name guy, but I think you bring in maybe three, four pieces that are going to help the depth of this team more so. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> if he were to get traded uh, at the trade deadline, this would be my pick and only pick for the destination of Patrick Liney. To Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. Wow. But who 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 are you giving up if you're Pittsburgh? In is it just picks or are you giving a player? Gotta get I some mean, cash what's, out of there. What's what's he really worth at this point? Um, yeah, no, I I I don't know, don't know for sure. They don't have a lot of picks this year, so it it, it might get interesting. You can't um, give away defensemen. But I mean, at this point, the Blue Jackets might be best to get an asset of some kind because. Uh, that situation doesn't look pretty at Who the moment. Who have foreseen? So, yeah, it's hard to fucking imagine. Mm. Uh, Barry Trotz and the New York Islanders are uh, tied with those Pittsburgh Penguins. Lou Lamorello, the uh, possibly greatest GM in NHL history. Uh, mm. Some some have called him. Um, we're uh, a, a, a point, I believe, two points back of the uh, Capitals for first place in the division. Uh, obviously, that spot's going to be pretty important because... Uh, well, you get home ice advantage at least to the first round, and you don't have to play, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, as it stands currently. So, uh, if if you're the Islanders, uh, I, I think you're looking to make a move. Um, they did the uh, Jean Gabriel Pajot experiment last year. They seemed to like it because they gave him a big fat long contract. Actually, I don't really know if that was the best call, but um, I, I think that they make a similar type of move this year and try to bring in someone to eat up the minutes that Leo Komarov and Matt Martin and Ross Johnston are getting for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I would put one of uh, Nick DeLaurier, uh, Toby Reeder, or Derek Grant um, as the Islanders trade deadline um, players because uh, all three of them are gritty and they are three of the worst advanced stats players in the National Hockey League. So I hmm. think that that's a perfect fit for the freaking Islanders. Could be. they got to find a way of replacing those minutes that Anders Lee was giving them uh, earlier in the season as he is out for the rest of the year. Uh, so I, I, I do think that they're going to be active. I, I, I don't know what Lou Lamarill has up his sleeve. I don't think anyone ever really knows what Lou Lamarill has up his sleeve. So hmm. uh, be interesting to see if and what they do at the deadline. Uh, the Washington Capitals, as I said, they are leading... Oh, Lou, that's your life alert yeah. there. It must have fallen off your oh, neck. Era. Um, they're sitting atop uh, the division. And um, for Peter LaViolette, I could see him hmm. maybe turning to uh, Brian McClellan and saying that he might want something off of a roster that maybe he's uh, worked with in the past, per se. And uh, let's hmm. take a look at the Nashville Predators for some some reinforcement in, in Washington. Could you be hinting at Matthias Ekholm, James? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't wouldn't hurt that decor to bring in someone of Ekholm's stature, I think. Or maybe the former capital, Philip Forsberg. I don't think Philip Forsberg is going anywhere. But uh, the Ekholm thing, you were a little closer on, I think. Who who's? I mean, Washington is one of the teams. They they are stacked with picks. They they don't give away their picks that much, like. I don't know if I call them stacked with picks. Though. But, like, they, they 
No, but they have their picks. That decor is yeah. crazy, dude. It's a, it's like, a good decor. Like it's the, fine. The Washington Capitals. They're just it's good. They're a solid team. We, we could be better with that. They, they, of course, anyone's better with Ekholm. But like, <laughs> you don't you don't need to change that offense. All you can do with that team is get better defensively. You're gonna get your three goals a game, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the nice thing is if you trade for Matias Ekholm. Like, it's one of those years where I think a lot of these guys might go to certain teams. So that way they're not on opposing teams. And, like, that honestly might be the case with the Capitals, right? Like, do they need Matias Ekholm? No. It's it's hard to imagine that decor gets a ton better. Does it get better with Matias Ekholm? Well, yeah. I mean, he's one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League, I would say. So, uh, if they make the trade, great. It's a, it's a great fit. Um... I, I honestly don't expect them to do much. I think they're going to be a kind of a sneaky, under-the-radar sort of team that makes just another... Like they, like they do every year, where they make a trade, and it's just like, yeah, that's not that's not, that's not sexy, but that's it's good trade. Mm-hmm. And then whoever it is is going to get 14 goals in 22 playoff games somehow. And... Anytime you can leave Trevor Van Riemsdyk and a 44-year-old on the uh, press box uh, uh, spot of the roster, I think that's a, that's a good move. They like Big Z. I don't. They like him. Big Z's been solid on that team. He's though. yeah. He's, he's also forty four. Definitely, but like in in a fifty six game season, it helps Big Z. Sure, it's good to have him. I'm uh, not. Uh, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have him. But. Not that they thought that that was gonna like happen, but like Big Z. By the let's just say Washington goes to the Stanley Cup Finals for whatever reason, that'd be like Big Z and just playing one regular full season, no playoffs, games wise. Like sure, less actually. Not good. <laughs> good for Z. Sure. No. I was say, I have a question for you guys. Uh, Who prefers have any, Big Z? Have the Dallas Stars, the Florida Panthers, or the Tampa Bay Lightning had any big free agency signings? The Dallas Stars, oh. the Florida Panthers, or who? Or the Tampa Bay Lightning. Have any of the three teams... Free agent signings. They'll be in our next division. Have and any... we'll probably touch on that, I would imagine. All right, I jumped the gun on that one. So well, 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 not necessarily, but we might be able to That's fill it. a great it. segue. Then we might be yeah. able to do it while doing two divisions at once. Uh, or sorry, two questions at once. What do I think the Capitals will do? Nothing crazy. I could see them getting a goaltender, but David Riddick, Henrik Lundqvist. Well, the goalies have been bad, so I would imagine they would like a goalie uh, who is good. So David Riddick. Shifting our focus, uh, <laughs> as Trotch alluded to, to the Central Division now. Uh, the last place Red Wings. A lot of UF. A lot of a lot of red. A uh, lot of red dots here on Cap Friendly. A lot of UFAs. A lot of guys that maybe want to trade out and try to get literally anything for. Mark Stahl for a sixth. Come on, who says yes? Probably no one. Um, Brutes, what, what, I don't know. Like, well, the fucking Red Wings. We want to talk about this Mark no? Stahl's probably going to say no, is the thing. Um, do I think teams are interested in Mark Stahl? Yes. He's been actually okay this year. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. Like, I think uh, Thomas Grice would be an interesting asset, but he is currently their only NHL goaltender as Bernier is hurt. Um, so that's that's a tough... Well, they have Calvin Pickard, but I mean, how many games do they really want to lose? Probably not that many. Uh, the one guy that I think is going to be probably traded near the deadline would be Patrick Nemeth. And... Yeah, I don't see much beyond that. I mean... I would imagine there will be interest in Luke Glendening, and I would imagine there would be interest in Bobby Ryan. But um, knowing the Red Wings, they'll be one of those do-you-want-to-go type teams, and do either of those guys want to go? Maybe Ryan, but I think Glendening wants to be there. So I would probably get uh, John Merrill out of there for 
a fourth round pick or something like just take what you can get for yeah, that. If you guy. can get a fourth, sure, yeah. that'd be good. Yeah. Um, I was all ready to say the Chicago Blackhawks because you know they probably should be at the bottom of this division, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And it's the Dallas Stars that we're going to talk about. Wow, next, that's so. the next team. Yeah, Rick okay. Bonus will he be traded at the deadline? So, do the Dallas Maybe. Stars get free agent acquisitions? Was the question. Yes, historically, uh, big ones, actually. Um, so yeah, the the Dallas Stars are not a, uh, a hurting team when it comes to free agent acquisitions. Right. Trotch, if to answer your question, they don't have many on the roster right now. But free agency has sort of become a a no no for your good teams. Maybe stay away from free agency if you want to be good. Um, what do the Dallas Stars do? I have no idea what to do if I'm Dallas. That's kind of the one team. There's always a team, I think, every year where it's just like, um, you know, Dallas, well, Dallas, technically Columbus is a, is a is behind Dallas. But uh, what do you do if you're Dallas? Have Dallas wins tonight? Dallas is, uh, is four games in hand and three points out. Uh, sorry, uh, six, five points out. And that is a death sentence, I think, in other divisions. But when you're Dallas, a team that went to the conference final last year, Stanley Cup final, sorry, last year, I'm not a huge, huge believer in Dallas's roster, but I do think that I would try to avoid selling if I can. What do they bring in? Anything. Anything. Every part of their team has not been good enough this year. They need some help. Well, they're getting Tyler Sagan and they're getting Ben Bishop at some point. The other thing, the other thing to Even say with the Dallas Stars is that, like every team in the league, are the Dallas Stars getting any younger? And like every other team in the league, the answer is no. Uh, but the clock, I think, is pretty freaking close to being up for the Dallas Stars. So, uh, do they want to compete for a playoff spot and try to win a Stanley Cup this year? I would, because I I don't particularly think they're going to make the playoffs next year as it stands. So, um, what do they do? Anything. Just something. Do something. Anything. Okay. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets um, th- sitting at uh, 36 points, three back of Nashville and Chicago. <sighs> yeah, we talked about Patrick Lennon a little bit. That experiment has not worked out in favor of the Columbus Blue Jackets. You don't say. Um, mm. He's sitting at just under $5 million in salary. Uh, slated to be an RFA at the end of the year. I think it might be a little tough to get him to resign for whatever reason. Um, Why would you think that? Yeah. They're going to go for it, right? Like, looking at this division and and where they are as it stands like there's no reason for them to sit there and try to convince themselves that they're not better than chicago and nashville right like their only worry on paper should be dallas in my opinion and i would probably try to make it work because it's columbus and uh they don't really have a lot to turn to in terms of selling points as a franchise you you might say so mm-hmm. a playoff appearance, perhaps, would be uh, beneficial? I've decided <clears throat> um, that I don't think there is a team in the National Hockey League that is going to have a worse winning percentage from the moment that this podcast comes out till the end of the season than the Columbus Blue Jackets. Sorry, Cookie. I think this is a, a, a tire fire, and I don't know how they're going to put it out. What is the issue with the Columbus Blue Jackets? Mm-hmm. Where do we start? Yeah, I will direct you to uh, episodes uh, twelve and <laughs> yeah. eighteen. This and is the of this. This season. is the uh, this is the fifteenth episode of the season. So any any of the previous episodes would be a good start, I would say, at, at this stage. 
I think uh, we might see the first ever coach for coach trade at the trade deadline this year. Uh, Rick Bonus for Sutter for, for oh. Daryl Sutter. So the Blue Jackets are an absolute trash can of a team, is what I hear. Correct. All right. It's like all they good. don't have a particularly good roster, but what they have is a coach that's found a way to help them win games over the years, and now what he's doing is causing them to lose games. And when their key asset was their coach, and now he's doing a horrible job. Uh, like I don't really know what I, what else to say. Like Seth Jones had a disastrous start to the year, and he's been a little bit better, but he hasn't been Norris caliber Seth Jones. And if Seth Jones isn't one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League, which we learned this year he's not, um, then this team's really going to struggle, and that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, the only two players I've heard of on this whole team are Seth Jones, and if you roll up to the forwards, it would be it would be Max Domi of the only two players I've heard of on this Columbus Blue Jackets team. Patrick Line and another notable, of course. And yeah. uh, As long, a long-time know. brother of uh, Chris Jenner. Uh, Boone Jenner, of course. So, one, yeah. One of the Jenners. As a guy who, who am tunes I, in and am out of I hockey. right, folks? As a guy who peers in and out of hockey and only really hears hockey news from his friends, only two guys on that Blue Jackets team are of a note. The Chicago Blackhawks, James. Yeah, I didn't think we'd be talking about them at this uh, state of the season as being uh, potentially... I think they the should players. buy. Buy everything. Fuck it. Go all in. Look at this team. Unbelievable. They got freaking... Uh, who do they got? They got freaking Bufflin still? Kane. No. They got Andrew Ladd still? Mm. No. Corey Crawford. No, buddy. Um, yeah. They still have Jonathan Tate. Oh, well. What do they do? I don't know. I wouldn't do anything. There's, there's, there's nothing to really to sell, and you're not... If you can't sell anything, you can't bring anything in. No. I would be happy with where you're at. I would... You know, hope that between Kirby Doc, hopefully Jonathan Taves, you can call that your acquisition and get by. But I wouldn't do anything beyond that. You think they're getting Taves back though? I think they have to keep that as an option and kind of. Rely I mean, on they that. would know. Like the only people that aren't going to know are us. Yeah. Everyone on the outside, like they they know what's going on with them. If it's an option that's conceivable then great but i i don't know yeah. if that is so i think i think if you're a blackhawks fan uh, you have to kind of put that as your deadline acquisition and just say that hopefully it works out kyle chicago you know like i i guess we could all agree that they are overachieving this year do do i think that they should mortgage the future to just get in the playoffs for this year i don't think they should like i don't cannon think they should. fodder for the Tampa lightning like i mean too fair and like Jonathan Tate isn't even playing like you like you yeah. said but I, I don't think they necessarily need to do anything like if you make the playoffs great if not you weren't expected to make the playoffs anyways like your fan base isn't going to be that crushed like in my opinion I think you shouldn't get rid of any of your assets but if there's a piece that you don't want that you could move out all the power to you I think you should but just other than that I, I really like the roster they have right now and I think if they sail the course from what they have right now they may or may not slip into that um, fourth seed. But the place that you don't want to be is fifth and missed by one or two points because then you're in that mid-pick, the same as the team that made the playoffs, and they're just picking a spot ahead of you. So if you if you think you have a team that's good enough to make the playoffs, you shouldn't do anything. If you think that you're a team that's going to make the playoffs and you want to win the Cup, do something. Does Chicago think they're going to win the Cup this year? Probably not. I wouldn't do anything. I don't... Uh, I don't... 
really... The problem is I don't really know who's on the inside and who's on the outside for Chicago. Like, when I look at their roster, I'm not really sure what to make a lot of their pieces. They have some good young players. I'm not really sure what to make of some of those forwards. And so, you know, you're probably not going to trade a young guy out. But how many of these guys do they think are legitimate parts of the future? And so, you know, that makes it harder to trade a Dylan Strom or to trade a, you know, even a Ryan Carpenter to some degree. So, um, I would just stand pat and just ride out the season, to be quite honest with you. If you make the playoffs, that's great. Uh, If you don't, then that's maybe just as fine. Um, I think that the group would probably benefit from another playoff run of some kind, but um, I wouldn't get too crazy here with this roster. So, uh, do I think they do anything? I think it's... I think they're as close to nothing as most of the teams are going to get on this list. Like, I think it's pretty it's pretty easy to say that they're just going to put their phones away for the most part. Uh, a week ago, we're having a very different conversation with the Nashville Predators than we are today. Mm. Uh, they've gone 8-2 and two in their last 10. They've forced their way into the playoffs. They've leapfrogged uh, both the Blackhawks and the Columbus well, Blue Jackets. And as I just finished saying, the Chicago Blackhawks are the team of the future. I like all of their prospects and all their forwards and their whole team. So if I'm Nashville, I sell, P- particularly uh, Tia Ekholm to the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Philip Forsberg to the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Mikhail Granlin, possibly, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And um, you know what? For our troubles, we'll take Rocco Grimaldi. That's, uh, that's a lot of money coming in. Um, <laughs> the Leafs have a lot of cap space, yeah. don't they? Um, what do the Predators do? Here's... It's David Poyles last year. He's going for the playoffs. Like, the thing. Is it though? It's gonna. It's gotta be. <laughs> like why? Why think, would why would this how year much, be his last year as opposed much, to any of the last ten years? Though think about how much we make fun of Jim Rutherford for being old, and we you, forget that David Poyle is like six months younger. But do you think that? Well, yeah, for sure. But do you think that David Poyle is going to retire? Because that's what's going to happen. No. The Predators aren't letting him go. No, he'll get bumped up and get the old man job. And oh, so you the, think he's going to be like president of hockey? He'll ops. do the Cliff Fletcher the, thing and the demotion by promotion approach exactly. that the NHL exactly. likes to do. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, that's that's possible. Regardless, I don't know if it really changes their deadline objective. I mean, for him, it does. Well, what are they getting that makes them a legitimate team? To you, like I, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that they should bring anything in. I just think no, the conversations no, no. changed where the, they're probably not selling. Yeah, but they should. Is my point. They, I guess where I'm getting maybe, at. Maybe they like, should. Like, yeah. Like, like here, here's my thought on the Predators. Okay, sure, they're playing fine right now. The Predators are uh, San Jose light, and at any moment, this team, when it falls off a cliff, it's going to be uglier than it is for the Sharks. I think because they have contracts that. Uh, they have more of them that are going to age worse than a lot of the Sharks deals to me. So, if you can do anything to try to bring in futures of some kind, I would. Because I think you're going to be living with, you know, an overpaid Johansson, Duchesne, and Roman Yossi for quite a while into the future. No offense to Yossi currently, because he's still good. Yeah, he's, he's still really good. I think the difference here is Yossi Saros. And the fact that they finally decided to give him, you know, full reign and net... Um, he, he has saved their season by all standards. He's still only 25 years old. So if if he can have a, a season like he is next year for this team, It's yeah. almost like they could have been playing Saros the whole time. Wow. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, if only they had the power to do something. Yeah, like if that. only there was a way to get Saros into more games. <laughs> sure, but you Not know what I mean. Like, particularly good at y- you've got enough pieces here where you can maybe maybe wrongfully, but you can all the same talk yourself into thinking that there's no reason we can't be good again next year. Like, you know, you're going to have Philip Forsberg. He's only 26. Like, he's not a bad player. And we're all talking about trading him because by the time they're good again, he'll be too old. It's like, well, okay, that's fine if that's your opinion. If they think that they're going to be fine next year, why would they trade the 26-year-old, right? Uh, You know, Yossi's still young enough. Ekholm's still young enough that they can be competitive assets on that blue line. And if you've got Saros playing at a high level, then, you know... As we talk about having a good goalie in that makes the, a world of difference. So, uh, no, should they bring anybody in? Probably not. Should they maybe sell off like a Michael Granlund who you know isn't going to resign there in the summer anyway? Yeah, maybe you flip him and maybe you go one for one and try to bring in someone that can fill the gap a little bit and and get you in the playoffs only to you know lose in the first round probably. But like, I I think that the story on Nashville has drastically changed uh, to the point where they're not going to be selling off a bunch of pieces whether or not they should yeah that's um their uh prediction they're going to be in our uh our uh wow this team is a mess uh pile of teams next year sure yeah uh the carolina Hurricanes sitting in third place in the division one point out of first behind tampa bay with uh, you know game in hand still so uh by all accounts that division uh still up for grabs in terms of uh, who comes out on top and coming out on top is going to be huge because you do not want to be the team playing uh the number two uh, the number three seed um after finishing in second you you want that first place you 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 want to go all in and i think all three of these teams that we're going to talk about here carolina florida and tampa are going to be all in this deadline and uh once you see one team make a move i think you're going to watch the other two are going to follow suit and there's going to be a lot of active pieces going on in the Central. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, what do they need? Because I, I don't think that they're selling anything off. Mm, yeah, uh, not not much. I, I think they're one of those teams that's going to be some sort of a grit piece, and that'll be mostly it Yeah, for me. You, maybe you bolster the, the goaltending if, if you don't think that uh, Nijelkovic is going to take you there, per se, because I, I don't have a lot of faith in the other two guys. Um, but... Uh, the three-headed monster that they've got going on. I mean, on yeah, that, that's the, the thing, done. right? Like, they they think they have three. So, yeah. uh, if they do anything goaltending-wise, they might ship one out. Sure. But I don't see why you would do that either. Yeah. So, they, they have the best uh, triple threat, I guess, in the league for goaltending, if you've got to put it to an equation like that. Hmm. Uh, the Florida Panthers uh, would be next on this uh, lineup. They, they have played the most games here, so they... Uh... Spencer Knight, the goalie of the future. Florida Panthers. Hmm. Yeah, man, he, he was definitely picked by the Florida Panthers. Uh, that's, that's. I think he'll get traded at this deadline. You think he'll get yeah, traded I... at this deadline? I think he'd him. be... I think... No, that's perfect. <laughs> yes. That 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 would be perfect, to, to sign one of your draft picks uh, to a team that already a lot of people don't want to sign with, and then immediately trade him. No, I understand what you're trying to get at, but... Florida's got a good... Doesn't mean they won't do it. Does anybody believe in Drieger here at this table? Well, the Florida Panthers should. Do, do you personally? I mean, more the, so the, than Bobrovsky. The conversation. Do you know how young Drieger is? 26. So, Spencer Knight is 20? 19. 19, okay. If, if Drieger is the goalie of the future, you're not going to keep he's, both. He's not. Okay, well, that's your opinion. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. 
I'm just saying, Drieger looks like the guy right now. What what if Florida just did something fucking crazy, like, unconventional? They've always just been under the radar. They've never done anything fucking crazy. What if... I'm not saying they never done anything crazy. You just signed Sergey Bobrovsky to seventy I, million fucking dollars a year ago. I'm saying what are you fucking, talking about? They never done anything crazy. A trade. That's the fucking craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Who the fuck signs a goalie for seventy million fucking dollars? It's Montre- a disaster. Montreal Canadiens. Well, at least they had him on the team already. Fuck. Aren't, aren't you the guy that was bitching about Thatcher Demko only playing sixty games in his crew? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, Do you know how many games Spencer Knight 16. has played? Yeah, so, about, about 20 I mean, less than Dredger. Like, I watched a guy about? from the U.S. National Development Program who also played at North Dakota by the name of Tyler Parsons who won gold medal with the United States team. You know where that guy is right now? Not great. Barry, albeit he has some mental health issues and I hope he gets better, but I'm just saying just because you're unreal in the World Juniors does not necessarily mean you're going to be unreal at the NHL. Yeah, and just because you have 16 good games for the Florida Panthers in a COVID-shortened season does not a goalie make. But Rossi's also been good as of late. Wow. They're winning games with a dollars great. No. I'm just saying the Florida Panthers offensively should not trade Spencer Knight. I never I I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying they should do something crazy and if it involves Spencer Knight, I don't know, like what Obviously, if you traded Spencer Knight, you should probably get someone who's young and really good to come back, correct? Maybe. So, a team that I'm looking at, James, we all said Chicago should stand pat. Who, who's Chicago's goalie of the future? So, you're saying Chicago should go and trade for Dreger? I'm saying Chicago should invest in Spencer Knight. Well, Chicago Spencer should Knight. trade for Spencer Knight. I'm saying... So, what's, what's Chicago trading to get Spencer Knight? Like, what's your, what's your proposed deal here? Kirby Doc. One for one. Hmm. I'd probably say no if I'm Florida. Really? Yeah. What a good name. Curry How could you say Doc. no when a guy who's never played a game before, just based yeah, off his upside? I, I think I think you have more of a case if you're talking Devin Levi for, for Kirby Doc. Is there like, a... I think there's a conversation there, but I think the Panthers really like what Is they've there... got Even if it's not I mean, Kirby again, Doc, but... Like I said, they just signed him. I'm saying it's an opportunity for Chicago to make a trade to get a goalie for the future. They have no goalie prospect. There has been a conversation, though, that the Panthers are looking into trading Dreger, which really, which is bizarre to me, considering like if they're going to go with Knight and Bobrovsky down the stretch, they've had one goalie be real good for them, and they're going to trade that one goalie in a year where they have been way better than any year they've ever been, really. Like, this is one of the best years the Florida Panthers have ever had as a team, especially in recent memory. So I don't know why they would go and trade a guy despite the fact that he is not playing right now. Like, I would like to have him kicking around is my thought. So there has been conversation that they're going to go and trade him. I just think that's that's a batshit idea. Because it's the same thing as, you know, your, your, your Frederick Anderson debate from earlier in the year, where it was like, maybe they should trade Anderson, just ride Campbell and whoever. And it's like, Sure, but I would rather just have Anderson waiting in the shadows in case something were to go wrong. And little did we know the thing that would go wrong was Frederick Anderson. But at the end of the day, I would rather have that depth. And for the Panthers, like, I just don't understand. The whole trading Dreger thing makes no sense to me. I I don't think they're going to do it. Uh, If they do it, then long live all my takes about the Florida Panthers sucking ass. I think... think there's a lot of sense in trading Chris Dridger, and it starts and ends with ownership uh, because here is Sergei Bobrovsky that we just spent $10 million on, and we already know that they regret that deal and they want to move money out, and Chris Dridger needs a new deal. 
And if we know that he's not resigning because we can't come anywhere close to the $2 million it's going to take to keep him there, yeah, you sell that guy and you get whatever you can for him because you know you're going to lose him regardless. You're not going to go deep in the playoffs without Aaron Ekblad and, you know, whoever else. I don't, I don't necessarily buy that too much. I mean... I mean, like, we're talking about a division with Carolina and Tampa Bay. Like, I think the Florida Panthers have to be a smidge, up, like, realistic here. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're ahead of Tampa Bay. Or, or sorry, Carolina, though, aren't they? Well, you know, Hurricanes have two games in hand. It's a point difference. Like, call it whatever you want. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that fucking Florida is, like, way light years behind the Carolina Hurricanes, though. Like, they're winning games at roughly the same percentage this season. Sure. Right. Yeah. My 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 whole issue is like I agree with you. Like if if you can get something good for Dreger, great. Um, I I have never seen a goalie get traded for more than anything at the deadline in the last six or seven years. And so if they're getting a fifth round pick for Chris Dreger and the Bobrovsky's going to go well, eight yeah. fucking ten down the stretch, then what? To to not to throw Kyle into the bus here, but what you're going to throw fucking Spencer Knight into the net and hope for the fucking best there? And then what if he goes eight ten? You ruin this kid's fucking head for years. And then what are we talking about next year for the Florida Panthers? You're talking about the worst goaltending tandem in the league and no money to spend on anyone to help them out. Yeah. And you end up with a situation where it's Philadelphia, but it's even worse because you have no money to help them. So I understand your point, but it's just the goaltending market isn't there. Otherwise, we would see goaltenders get traded, and we don't. So if you can get a first or a second round pick for Dreger... Yeah, fucking trade them. <laughs> like, they're not. They're not getting anything close to that, in my opinion. So, unless a team gets really desperate or they really like Dreger to the level that the Blue Jackets liked Bobrovsky years ago, then, and even they only gave up a third and a fifth. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't see it. Let's go across the state now to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who uh, do sit first place in the division. 52 points, defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, they were heavy players at the deadline last year, of course. The big story with uh, Blake Coleman and Barkley Goudreau. And uh, I think there's someone else that I'm probably forgetting that they brought in at the same time. But um, uh, regardless, this is a fantastic hockey team that doesn't have, I would say, a lot of wiggle room in terms of you know cap flexibility and or guys that they would want to you know, replace. They're not really dealing with a lot of injury problems. They're going to get Nikita Kucherov back pretty soon. Uh, I, I think that that's probably their deadline move. And if anything, uh, they're selling off cap space to make room for Kucherov more so than bringing people in to the roster. I don't see them doing anything. I don't. I don't think there are enough teams willing to take on any sort of salary that they might be looking to move out. I don't think they. Well, they don't have enough room to really bring anyone in. This is a team kind of just stuck where they are. And it worked last I, year. Stand Pat, go for it. They're gonna bring in maybe someone at league minimum at best, and and move on from there. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I expect the Lightning to look a lot like they do currently after April twelfth. West Coast, the Anaheim Ducks continue to sit in last place out there. They got twenty eight points through thirty eight games. Uh, you know, John Gibson not having the best of seasons. He's on the IR now at this point. Uh, call it a lost year for the Ducks. Was it really going to be anything? It could have been a step forward, I think. What but could have been? It's, it's not. Did they move Getzlaff? I think that's the only... I don't think he wants to leave. Probably not. And I think they're going to let him make that decision. I 100% think so. I just... My question is, does Getzlaff get traded? 
I, I personally don't think he would. It's in the organization's interest to get him moved, but I just personally sure. don't think they will. Uh, positives that we have seen, Drysdale and Zegris have looked great for them as prospects like yep. so far. I mean, if you want to take that as a step forward, you introduce two of your highest prospects, and they approve they can play at this level in the short time they've been here. So, I mean, good for them. I mean, fuck them because they'll be in Calgary's division like next season. But, you know, I, I think as lost as it might seem, they've done some good things with their young talent this year. For sure. I'll leave it at that. Brutes? They're going to be good. Uh, but, yeah, they, they certainly do suck currently. Ricard Raquel placed on the injured reserve last night, which um, probably doesn't matter because the asking price that they supposedly had for him was just insane. Uh, they seem to think that he scored 35 goals this year. Uh, he did it like four years ago. So Well, that or they just would rather keep him next year than trade him this year. There's that to it too. Like if, if they like That's the guy and, and yeah. you know, like they see maybe him fitting into the short-term plan with Zegers and, and whoever else moving forward, then yeah, take a gamble next year. If it doesn't work, then you sell him. But yeah. And, well, I mean, that's fine. Like, yeah. that would be the only reason your price would be high, is if you actually want to keep the guy, right? What would what the hell would be the point of... The purpose of having the price out the building if you don't value the asset, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah, that, that's perfectly fine. I think that they do have... Um, they do have a couple deals under contract that would be interesting to move out. Uh, whether or not they do, I don't know. I think Troy Terry would be a guy to trade. I think Nick Delorier would be a guy to trade. I think if there's still interest on the table and he wants to go to where they have a deal done, uh, that Josh Manson makes perfect sense, as he has for a long time, and is eventually going to stop making sense as a trade option. So they should trade him. Um, yeah. Left. I What's that? Gets left. I would be shocked if he wants to go anywhere. So I don't see it happening. If I'm another team and I need a third-line center, you probably can't do much better than Ryan Getzlaff. But if I'm Getzlaff, I think he wants to stay in Anaheim, and I don't blame him for that. So, How many years does Getzlaff have on this his is, deal? This is it. UFA? Yeah. I get that. I mean, if Getzlaff wants to leave, it's not like him buying a new home and everything. He can just re-sign with Anaheim in the yeah, offseason. Like, let's take this from a different angle. If Getzlaff cares this much about the Ducks, he lets them trade the, him to get a pick, and then he just re-signs with them next year. Yeah. Like, if, if you're that in favor of your franchise, get traded. Get your team a, a third-round pick or a second-round pick. And then go back to them. And I, I love Yeah, I a love lot of that. these guys hate putting more than a couple shirts in their suitcase, and they don't want them to leave, though, so... Definitely, God, I just think... God forbid. I mean... Ryan Getzlaff's a good guy, though. But, for sure. Well, th- this is the one year where yeah. I wouldn't want to leave either. For sure. Like, that's the thing with Getzlaff. Like, I just... I don't know... I don't see it happening. I wouldn't want to go either. That's my point. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings are just ahead of them in the West Division. Um, I mean, interesting. I, I this guess, is a little more interesting I, of a I, team. I guess they're still in the playoff race. I, I, would, I wouldn't really be buying if I'm the Los Angeles Kings. No. But um, I don't know. I don't see a lot here to really make happen. Maybe a move out Alex Ifello, but yeah, again, he's another guy that supposedly the acting asking price is pretty high, which. Is a little weirder than the Raquel one for me, though, just because Ifalo is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So I'm sure they're in talks on an extension. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it would make no sense for them to ask for the roof yeah. uh, when they have no reason to do so. I, I don't see it, but if a team wanted to really overpay for Adrian Kempe, uh, there is uh, a lot 
to like there. Like, a lot, a lot. Big fan. Um, wouldn't move him. So, no, I, I, I wouldn't either, but I don't, like, I don't see him being... Like, I don't see him being much better than Ricard Raquel present day. So, if someone gives you a first and something else for him, that that's not bad. Because he's a good player at a good cap hit with RFA rights moving forward. So, um, I don't know how integral Kempe is in the long-term plans of the LA Kings. I don't see them trading him, but that would be an intriguing name if I am a team willing to really buy that's mostly it. I like, I like, like they do have a lot of options where it's just kind of intriguing. But I don't know how you make a lot of them work. I mean, does Dustin Brown want to go? If if they can find a suitor, that'd be a good idea because well, he's, I wouldn't trade for suitors. But... Uh, well, yeah, Brown for suitor, bad deal. Uh, the Los Angeles. Uh, oh, that was the Los Angeles Kings. The mm-hmm. San Jose Sharks just ahead of them, two points ahead in the standings. Uh. A lot of pending UFAs here. Maybe you want to send Patrick Marlowe out for one last cup run. Kyle, what the hell do you do if you're the Sharks? That was a good That one. team is definitely fucked. We talked about tire fires earlier, like the Columbus Blue Jacks. The San Jose Sharks might be the tire fire of the Western Conference. And speaking of regular conference terms, uh, that is a team who we talked about. Um, who are you mentioning that... Edmonton Oilers earlier in the night before we got on the podcast that they pay their players a million over what they are worth. San Jose pays about two to three million more than the players that they are worth. Maybe even close to five million in some players. I, I would I would say usually a million or two over. The problem is is they like to tack on extra years. The team's a tire fire. Like I I don't know what they can do without. You're not going to be able to trade those contracts. I I just don't know what you can do at this point except go into the off season. Try again next year in a full season. Try to prove to yourself that you are the team that you think you are. You should have never let the heart and soul of your team and Joe Pavelski walk away because shit truly did take take shit. <laughs> Once you let that guy walk away, the arguably the best guy at tipping pucks in front of the net the NHL has ever seen. Goodbye to your power play presence and the points from your defenseman, which came from Joe Pavelski being in front of the net. James, curl under a table. Think about pancakes if you're the Sharks. Um... I guess so. I, I don't know. This this it's it's, it's a mess. Um, I, I I can't imagine any of the UFAs want to come back. So if you get anything you can for all of them, uh, and then some. And I don't know. You you could try to maybe sell a team on on taking Kevin LeBanc. Uh, don't love your chances, but you got to start tearing this thing down from the ground sooner than later before it gets worse than it is because it's very bad yeah I, I don't i don't have any trade opinions on that team that's uh if you can trade anyone and they'll take them good for you the st louis blues continue their slide uh, out of the playoffs uh now falling below the arizona coyotes for that final spot they're a point back so it's not a hopeless cause they got a game in hand it's going to be a tight race i think the rest of the way um i think they stand pat i wouldn't i wouldn't buy but I also wouldn't sell. Like you got Hoffman, Bozak, Schwartz on expiring deals. I think you just keep those guys, and you just hope that the the season kind of turns around and comes together for you, and, and you can make a a bit of a run towards making the playoffs. And then and then once you're there, I, I think if you're the St. Louis Blues, you have to feel pretty comfortable because this this division hasn't really been, I think, what we thought it was going to be. Like Vegas 
Colorado, they look good, but they've also looked pretty vulnerable at times. And apparently, if, if you can get inside the head of Nathan McKinnon, you're you're probably laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I honestly, I wouldn't do much of anything. If there's someone that you can bring in, that's great. But I wouldn't be actively going out of my way to make it happen. Yeah, there's obviously a lot to like from the team that we've seen in the past, kind of thing. But like, I don't, uh, I don't think Tarasenko's up to speed. Um, they are missing their number one defenseman in Colton Pareko, uh, which has been pretty evident since he's been out. They've really kind of taken a bit of a slide since then. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not overly confident in them, but. Uh, as we'll get to in a moment, who do I think is more likely to make the playoffs, the Blues or the Coyotes? I, I will take the Blues. So, uh, do I think they do much? Probably not, but we'll see. Speaking of the Coyotes, uh, they're up next here uh, as they do hold the final playoff spot. And, uh, boy, a world of intrigue here as uh, I think, much like the National Predators a week ago, we would have been talking about these guys being a seller. Uh, obviously, they're without their first-round pick, so they'd like to, you know, get at least one of those for the draft coming up because the cupboards are fairly bare uh, down in the desert. But um, if you can take a playoff run at this point with this team, I think if you're Bell Armstrong, you know, your your first season in, you kind of got to be laughing. So I, I think that they're going to try to make a move here and they could address a lot of problems here. Obviously, they got a lot of expiring guys on the back end. I think you try to bring in a guy with term. Uh, back there and then you uh, kind of knock off two birds with one stone you've you've covered your bases when it comes to the expansion draft in the summer and you bolster what is not a bad defense like I, I think they have a nice little core going on back there and um, uh, you get the right matchup at the playoffs against uh, you know obviously it, it's looking like it's going to be a Colorado or Vegas but you know if you can if you can work it so that you match up against the Minnesota Wild somehow oof, anything goes uh, uh, goalie are neither of those guys going to be back in time, you think? Ranta's supposed to miss the rest of the year. Kemper is supposed to miss uh, significant time still, they figure. Hmm. Um, so Chris Dreger, perhaps, to the Arizona Coyotes. Dreger, Allmark, uh, who else was there? There was another goalie somewhere along there. There's, there sure was. Yeah, it's uh, uh, they, they need some help if they can get it. I mean... One of the Hurricane boys... Yeah, they're going to have to overpay, but they they might be able to make that work, and there might even be a team in Canada that might be willing to trade that you a little tenor. So it's it's not good because the the problem is with this team is they're very defensive. They're built around their goaltending, which is pretty good, and they don't have either of them. They have Aiden Hill, and they have a guy I've never heard of, and I have a hockey podcast. So yeah, it's it's not pretty. What do I do if I'm them? You try to add everything you can within reason. Because they don't, like you said, don't have a lot of things in the cupboards. Uh, they have no first round pick this year. Uh, they have two seconds, no third, and they don't have any prospects at all, really. Like it's almost like we're talking about an expansion team when it comes to them. Like they don't have anything. So uh, win now or win never, and uh, they're not exactly set up to win now. Hmm. So. Uh, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the surprise team of the Central, or the sorry, the West, I guess yeah, that is. I, I don't get it. Uh, they're sitting uh, third place, 46 points, shouting distance of the Knights, uh, a little bit behind the Avalanche there. They seem to have a, enough of a cushion that I would sit they're probably, what, you know, as close to a lock as you could you could call it safe uh, to make in the playoffs. 
Uh, here's my big one. Here's my my bold prediction. Swing for the fences. Here we go. Going to be super super wrong, and I can't wait. Spencer to Knight to the, the Minnesota Wild on, on the next episode for of John how John, uh, James got it wrong. I think the Minnesota Wild is the landing spot for Taylor Hall. Wow, I thought we were going to say Patrick Line. Yeah. I thought we were going to have dueling predictions here. I think for they him to not uh, get traded. I think they ship out one of their pending UFAs, clear up a little cap space, and uh, toss in. Hey, if, 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 if the deal's there, they toss in one of their two first-round picks and get some salary out of there, and they bring in Taylor Hall. I don't wish that upon the Wild, because I do like them. Um, <laughs> I've never heard you say that before. You don't want the Taylor Hall I like curse. them this year. I, li- I like them. I don't want them to get the curse. Uh, yeah, they're... The, whew, wow, are they fun to watch. It's awesome. I, <laughs> like, they, they are my favorite team to watch in the National Hockey League. I, I love it. I love it because it doesn't particularly make sense. You know what I mean? Like, they, they'll they'll put it this way. Like, I'll watch them, and they'll have Rask out there with fucking... Who does he play with? Kaprizov and... Uh, oh, who's on the other wing? Fiala? Maybe it is. No, I don't think it is Fiala. It doesn't sound right. Who, regardless. Like, I watch them out there. And Kaprizov and whoever else he's normally with, they fucking pass the puck around. And then I watch Victor Rask. And I'm like, wow, this this guy is nowhere close to a National Hockey League player. But it works. It's great. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. And then I watch, like, who's the other guy that plays center sometimes? Fucking, uh, what's his name? You know, that other guy. Um, Johansson sometimes plays center. And he is, as I predicted, nowhere close to being a National Hockey League center. But it works. It's awesome. It makes no sense. I fucking love it. And then Cam Talbot, who I think is terrible... Is awesome. Is the He's best goalie. Fucking now. Yeah. great! Like it's so cool. I I love being wrong about that shit. It's it's it's. I mean, I'm not wrong about Johansson, but everything else I was wrong about. It's <laughs> fucking. It's it's great. Like they're fun to watch. Um, even Carson Susie kicks ass, and I never thought I would say that. Like it's cool, man. I watch almost all their games. I really fucking like them. They're, they're cool. What should they add? Anything? I don't care. They get Taylor Hall. I, I'm actually in. Do it. I don't care. I want them to win. Let's fucking go. Fucking Minnesota Wild. I have I Cam Talbot in fantasy. Can you tell? I could not tell that, anybody. That's why I watch all their games. <laughs> I, I watch all of Carolina and all of the Wild because I have Nedeljkovic and Talbot. So. No, I, I can agree that Minnesota Minnesota does look like a wagon this year, and they are a surprise team. But <laughs> the the whiplash James just gave himself from the statement I just made is indescribable. Can I swallow before you say such a thing? Holy fuck, I'm gonna <laughs> choke to that. Anyway, what do I think the Wild do? You want you want a, a, a kick-ass prediction? Because I also kind of had one coming into it. Say which something thought, wild, bro. Yeah, it's a little more wild than James's, but it's not going to happen. James's, nice pun, James's might happen. Mine is like a... Mine is like a... I've thought of this over the last few hours, the more I've thought about it. Uh, makes sense for Sean Monaghan. <laughs> fuck you. It makes sense. Fuck. Like, they, they need some yeah. depth at center. They don't love paying guys billions and billions of dollars. Someone who's young with a tad of term. It makes sense. They have assets to move. Probably nothing crazy because Monahan at this point I think is diminished. Uh, do I see it happening at the deadline? No. But it's it's in the realm of possibility and I would like to see it. If you did that trade, what what are you giving? If you're doing that at the if you're doing it at this deadline, what are you giving up for him? I mean, ideally you're giving up something that's not a current roster player, but the Flames I feel like would like something that is a current roster player. So 
Um, if it's me, it's, uh, it's, it's some mid-range prospects, but I mean, I see the Flames kind of bringing up like a Matthew Boldy, perhaps, and, um, if that's enough to help make the Wild pull the trigger, then sure, but, um, I don't know, I just, I think there's a fit there, I think they got a lot of pieces where it's just kind of like, if this is what it's going to cost to give this a try, then do it, right? And he's only got a year left at 6-7, right? 6-3. 6 yeah, six something. So, uh, what do the Wild do? I, I don't think they're going to do anything, but I, I hope they do anything and everything that helps them win because they are cool. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights sitting in second place in the uh, division as it stands, two points behind the Avalanche. Uh, they're not going to do a goddamn thing because they don't have any money to do anything Crazy. with, and they Crazy. can't trade anybody away because they need all these guys in their roster to be uh, apparently just a smidge worse than the. Colorado Avalanche, so I think it's a stand pat season for the Golden Knights unless somebody wants to buy somebody off the roster to free up some cap space, which I don't see why they would. It's crazy. Interesting thing I heard from uh, Jonathan Marsh or so today, actually. And like, Why is he not on the podcast then, if we've got a fucking link to him? Yeah, yeah he texted this to me, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I saw it on Sportsnet. But um, he said... Our team is good enough never to lose two games in a row. Obviously, any team can lose two or three games in a row, depending on how good you are. But it's just the mental buy-in from seeing one your player up at the podium say that, and you, you see it in his eyes. Like He believes that. His team is so good that they should not lose two games in a row. It's just They are one of those teams where they do have a large percentage of their players where if you put them on another roster, I have a hard time believing they're as good. Exactly. As that, that's what I'm getting at. It's like just they they make buy-in. players better, for sure. Th- yeah, this this no culture Vegas has is, is something that and, I've never seen And before. to James's point, too, like, yeah, they, they don't have any money to add, and they're not they're probably not going to make a single trade at the deadline unless it's subtracting, which why why would they really, unless it's just for roster flexibility. Um, I still really like their team. Like, I don't think they particularly need anything. They're very deep. It's just they need to have access to their 19th... <laughs> to their 19th skater instead of, you know, leaving them on the taxi squad because they can't afford them. Uh, that brings us to the Avalanche, who are uh, in first place in the division... Um, what's the lead? Slightly, two points, slightly better financed than the Golden Knights to mm-hmm. make something happen, but not by much. Um, uh, they do have a lot of pending UFAs, so they, they, you know, the potential is there for them to ship somebody out to clear up some space in the short term and bring somebody else in, uh, if they had to, uh, Pierre-Marc Bellamar, uh, for example, if they, if they need to make a, you know, a small transaction work, but... The defense is fantastic. Uh, the offense is top-notch. I don't really know what more you really want to do to that top nine. If you're talking about a, a fourth-line you know, forward uh, as your deadline pickup, I, I think every playoff team is probably you know, in talks of helping out down there, so it's kind of a moot point. The goaltending, I, I think, is, is maybe where you want to focus a little bit of your attention. Obviously, they had their problems last year in the playoffs. They had to turn to Michael Hutchinson uh, for the last few games there. Uh, but, you know, Grubauer's going strong, uh, but they are relying on Jonas Johansson as their emergency backup. So if you want to talk about depth in the goaltending position, I think that there might be an option there for the team. But uh, beyond that, like, who are you bringing in anywhere else in this roster that, that's really going to move the needle? I, I, I don't see it. 
Pekka Rene retained. If not Pekka Rene, uh, which I don't think he'd want to leave Nashville. I'll say Allmark. We're going to double down on Buffalo goaltenders, eh? That's that's an interesting strategy for the Avalanche. Yeah, I loved, I loved when they got Johansson and Mike Vogels just like, I've been covering this team for 20 years, and they've never had a worse goalie than Jonas Johansson. He doesn't stop the puck in practice. He doesn't stop the puck in warm-ups. He doesn't stop the puck in games. <laughs> I was reading like, how bad is this team? that This guy is just roasting this fourth-string fucking goaltender that they just gave to the fucking Avalanche for free. Uh, but yeah, no, they like they, they do legitimately need another goaltender, though. Like, um, It doesn't look like Francis is going to be back this season. So... Philly Grubes. It's Grubauer and it's and it's nothing else really. Like like I actually do think Johansson sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe not maybe not to the extent that Mike Vogel says he does, but yeah, he's not good. And so where are you acquiring another goaltender? Like like even Scott Wedgwood would help. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't really matter who it is. They need another goaltender. Um they're in, they're all in. I could see them going after like a Rene or like a big fish, but um I don't know that Rene would want to leave Nashville. I don't know. Nashville wants to move Rene, and that's Definitely the other know. thing too, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they'll be in on a goaltender. I don't know if they need to do much else. The the Brian funny thing, Elliot. the funny thing is with them is right. Like you would watch them, and it's just like fuck. Like I don't get how this team keeps losing, and then you look at their advanced stats, and it's like oh, they, it's their goaltending. So, yeah, they they just need another guy. Mm-hmm. You want to know an interesting stat about Philip Grubauer? Did you know in his NHL career? He's never started more than 18 games in a row without being injured. Credit to Sportsnet Stats. 18 starts. Not 18 games played in a row, but he's never had more than 18 starts in a row without then missing at least one game due to injury. He's just one of those guys who, unfortunately for him, who's a great goalie, does not have the health, per se. Not, not to say that his health is shitty, but like he's just very injury-prone like you say, they do need another goaltender, which is why I think they should trade the Calgary Flames a first-round pick for yeah, you don't, Riddick. You don't have to hold it against uh, a goalie or a player for getting hurt, right? No, like, Sometimes not. it just happens. Like There's not much else to really be said about it. I'm just it. saying, there's more players prone to injury than others. It's just the way You know, honestly, kind of made me think of it. I, I don't really know what he's up to, but I just I know he's signed to an NHL contract. I give the Islanders a seventh-round pick for Schneider and just see what happens. See you know Schneider, what I mean? eh? Just something. Better than Johansson. Maybe, probably, you'd think. Maybe, you'd hope. Maybe not. Uh, Colorado Avalanche, 21 straight years of making a deal on deadline day, the longest what? active streak. So 21 straight 21 years. 21 straight years. So look for them to uh, just keep the streak alive, I'm sure. Who was the uh, GM before Joe Sackick? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Greg Sherman? Something weird. Not a real name. It wasn't a good one. <laughs> not a real name. He wasn't great. Uh, the Ottawa Senators bring us to the North Division hmm. uh, as we uh, look at oh the Canadian God. teams uh, before. Now, James, uh, tell me, are the Senators good? Uh, they're better than I thought. Hmm. <laughs> um, Fair enough. They uh, they had a couple defensemen, I think, that uh, some teams are going to take a long, hard look at. Uh, hmm. I think Braden Coburn is going to be uh, the consolation prize to whoever doesn't get Matthias Ekholm. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if oh, that's a constellation. That's probably not great. God. Anton Forsberg could continue his uh, traveling circus and maybe end up in Colorado because even that is better than uh, Johansson. Uh, but beyond that, I think the real interesting one for me is a guy like Artem Anisimov, who 
Um, I wouldn't sign an auto off I was him. And uh, if I'm Eugene Milnick, I'm probably not signing him either. So it's maybe a win-win if we just usher him out the door and look to the look to the days of not having him around. Yeah. Good, Brads. And Nisimov. Oh, I gotta, I gotta tell you, there. Uh, most of the forwards in the American Hockey League that make like league minimum would be a better option than Anisimov. I think at, at even fifty percent retained. Mm-hmm. Um, but crazier things have happened. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, yeah, like they don't, they don't have a fourth this year. Maybe just trade them for a fourth. <laughs> that's that's good. If if the, if fill the quarter. <laughs> if they can get a fourth. For Artem Anisimov? I don't know. I don't know. I'll do whatever you want me to do on the podcast after the deadline. I'll do it. I don't care. I don't you want, want me to either. chug a bottle of something I, or whatever? I don't I'm care. I'm not into weird shit. Okay. I, I, well, whatever. You, you, you write into the show. I'll do it. Would yeah. trade a fourth round pick for a fourth line Artem Anisimov? You don't think it's Well, he, he can't make the Ottawa Senators, who are one of the worst teams in the league. Barely really? on this team. I have a question. Why does he make up 5.5% of the cap hit, which is $4.5 million, if he's only a guy who can barely make the team? Because he's four points through 14 games. He signed the deal. He was okay. Yeah. So he so he oh, signed that deal God, way Jesus before Christ. he was any good, or he signed the deal when he, he was. He signed that deal back in Chicago. I'm pretty sure. So he signed that deal yeah, when he was in the good, past. and then he fell off on the Senators. Correct? No, he fell off a few years before. But I'm just I'm just saying I I I would take him as like a fourth line center on a good team. I mean, it, it just for depth purposes. It, it just sounds... although you probably don't want Artem Anisimov if you're a cup contending team. Already. No, like that's, that's it. it that's just sounds thing. weird. What I'm saying. Say, like, this guy can't start in the NHL if he's worth four and a half million dollars. You know what I mean? Or five and a half percent of a team's cap. Like if we're taking yeah. guys at four million dollars, uh, I'll trade for Darren Helm. Like honest yeah. to God, like I, mean, I think that's just you, the first name I thought you're of. You're retaining like, on this on this guy for sure. It's, it's, and you're only going to eat the salary for so, the rest so of the season. So he has no he's not, he's UFA after this year? So, so, he so has, Ottawa doesn't give anything. If he goes anywhere, I'll buy you a beer. This is way longer than we should ever be talking about uh, so, Artem so he, have The Senators do have their first round pick. Maybe they're all in on the draft lottery and they would like Taylor Hall. And he is the guy that's going to get them the first overall pick. Uh, do I think they trade anyone? I think Ryan Dezingle was only brought in for that purpose. Um, Who's looked great. I... I I guess I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be pretty surprised if someone's interested in Braden Coburn. Mike Riley would be another guy, though. I think Riley's got a lot to offer. He's a good power play guy, and some teams are in need of that. Toronto kind of, but they already got a Riley, so there's too much room. I think uh, that, that, that That's mostly it. I don't really see the Senators doing much. I think that they're... Um, you know what the thing is with the Senators, too, is like I think the Senators are kind of just happy with their group. And I think they honestly should be. Like I think um I think they've they just their their attitude and their commitment to the game is super impressive for a team that just has known from day one that they're just they just they're not good. But they they are willing to just show up every day, they work hard, they're they're trying and it's a weird thing to say about a, a team, but like I actually think that that's a good thing for them. I think it's gonna really bode well in the future, so uh, I don't see them doing much other than Dizingle and maybe Mike Riley. I think Good Branson's a, a good guy who get traded as like a third line pairing to a contending team. Now I kind of disagree with you, although I get the sentiment. But the thing is, with Good Branson, is that he is an Ottawa boy, so I think they're I think they're just going to keep him and sign him cheaper next like year. Like for morale value, I think he's thing? just going to be a guy they keep around. He's low from on Ottawa. The chart. Yeah, James Eric Good Branson. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't pay him to play hockey, so I don't know <laughs> I wouldn't. why. I'd pay him to, to I'd pay him to fight, though. 
Oh god. Uh, wouldn't do that either. <laughs> You're telling me I got that much. Moving mustache, on. Can't fight. Oh, uh, yeah, Calgary Flames up next, 35 points. <laughs> oh, boy. They are in it still. Yeah, mathematically still in it. They do have a couple games against the Habs that they could draw closer to the playoff race with. Specifically five. Wouldn't do much, though. Like, I don't know. I've, I think I've said that for most teams here. I'm I'm not really a big uh, trade guy by, by logic. If there's something there that's going to move the needle, for sure. But I don't see much moving the needle in Calgary, so uh, I don't Like, know. you don't see them trading anybody away type thing? Well, I'm not saying that they won't. I'm just saying, like, there's nothing here that's jumping out. Like, do, do I want to trade away Derek Ryan? Yeah, probably. Do I want to bring Derek Ryan in if I'm somebody else? Probably not. So I, yeah, they'll 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 do something. Obviously, I'm just saying like there's nothing here that's jumping out to me to say that this is going to help. Aside from acquiring a lot of draft picks and who who's their most tradable asset in your opinion? Would you say it's Riddick? I mean, maybe he's not great, so he's better than certain. He does have a reputation for playing out of his mind in one arena in this NHL. That's true. Watched it live. David Riddick is a wizard in the uh, now Scotiabank Arena. So, you know, maybe that could be a trade destination for him. If, if Calgary retained, he is a pending UFA. You're not telling me Toronto would take on David Riddick at 1.1? I hope not. Where is, really? this, where is Scotiabank Arena? Toronto. Okay. Uh, I think I think it's Monaghan if it's anything. Um, if you're talking about most tradable asset, but I don't see it. I don't see it happening. It's just tough. He's got two more years at 635. It's just a hard contract to make work, but I, I think that if the Flames are willing to retain, there's a pretty good return that could be had for Monaghan because I don't know that there are any there's any other team offering um, a Monaghan reputation type player. So they have potential to make him the the darling of the deadline, but I don't think that they will just because of that. It's just hard with that extra year. You never really see a guy with two years left on his deal get traded at the deadline that's actually uh, worth something. So it would be almost an unprecedented deal in that sense. But I do think that um, if they wanted to, there's probably something there. The easier answer, uh, James alluded to Derek Ryan. I don't see it happening. But Josh Levo, Brett Ritchie, Yoakam Nordstrom are filler guys that might help. Who was the other guy? Johnny Goudreau. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I do think David Riddick is probably uh, an interesting goaltender to trade for. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the Flames want to do that. They seem to love Riddick, so... Not not trade deadline wise, but like if if Calgary's entering this proverbial retool or rebuild, are you going to trade Jacob Markstrom after this season, or is there a team that would even take him at that price? It's got no movement, so I don't. Uh, considering he just signed there, I see. If the team says we're we're doing a rebuild, do you want to stay here? He's probably going to say no. I see a, a literal zero chance he would move at least this year. I think he'd wait and see one more season per yeah. se. Okay, it's a non-starter. The uh, next one's pretty easy. The Vancouver Canucks. Uh, we just pray for all the players' health. Yeah, they can't do anything. They can't bring anybody in because <laughs> nothing they will COVID. happen. They can't trade anybody away because they already have COVID. So yeah, moving on again. It's uh, it's one of those things. If they if they find a player to bring in, but they unfortunately are not shouldn't be gonna, allowed even to bring someone in. No, to trade somebody out. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna to bring yeah. someone in, but I don't know why they would to trade someone out is. It would be tricky. Yeah. I mean, like, at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily change anything. Like, regardless, they have to go through protocol no matter what. So, if they already have COVID, it'd be a better sign that they're at least going to be over COVID by the time that they would get into a lineup. But, 
Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't uh, I don't see anything happen there. Jordy Ben might have been a guy, but that's yeah. mostly it. So the Montreal Canadiens, uh, they hold down the final playoff spot in the North. Uh, looks like they're free and clear of the Vancouver Canucks, the Calgary Flames, like we said, on their heels. Uh, Mark Bergevin seems to imply that he's done uh, the moves that he's going to be making this year, but he's lied to us before. Uh, Eric Stahl obviously was brought in. Not a lot of money here. I don't know if there's anything else they can really do. I think uh, I, I was mentioning that there was a player. I mentioned that it, it actually be a void. Uh, they lost Ben Sherratt. I don't know if is Ben Sherratt back. I, I don't believe he. I believe he's still no. in IR, like for the next few weeks or for the foreseeable future with a broken hand from the fight. But I think uh, Montreal definitely needs to add some defensive depth. I mean, as much goals as they score offensively, they are not good defensively one bit. And you know, Carey Price has played great in his last few starts, but you mean. Their defense and goaltending has been their Achilles heel all season, and you are seeing it in their amount of one-goal losses. They have the most uh, OT shootout losses in the National Hockey League, and you cannot help but fathom, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, if you turned at least half of those into wins, you are contending for at least the second spot in the division right now. So I really believe that their biggest acquisition point should be a defenseman. We we said that they don't have a lot of wiggle room, so I'm not sure what they can do at this point. But uh, Mark Bergevin has never really proven to be a wizard of sorts, but if he can pull anything out of his hat, I really do believe that Montreal does need a solid defensive defenseman if they want to do anything remotely or even be somewhat competitive in the playoffs. I don't see them doing anything. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, fighting off the Edmonton Oilers for that second spot in the division, a few points behind the Leafs. Uh, we got the Winnipeg Jets guy with us. Uh, I'm sure he's got a article coming out uh, pretty soon, the high button, uh, that might uh, talk a lot about this. Um, but uh, what's the sneak preview with the Jets, short of selling us the whole article? Uh, David Savard, Michael Delzato, Patrick Nemeth, um, any forward on an expiring contract. Alex Ifalo. The Edmonton Oilers, uh, the other team tied in second place in the division, 47 points. Um, no projected cap space as it stands, so it's going to be real tricky, tricky to make something happen in Alberta. I think it's safe to say that a goaltender wouldn't hurt, uh, especially as it looks like they're going to be making what could be a bit of a playoff run if they can get out of that first round. Uh, Oscar Clefbaum obviously the big piece on the defense that is missing they could look to bring I honestly I think this is a team that needs to add pretty much anywhere um, uh, any way that they possibly can but it's going to involve moving some money out and with Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the re-sign conversation I don't know if there's going to be the money available no that's a fair point James I mean Edmonton I believe that they're in a stage right now like they definitely have a playoff spot down pat I think that's a team that's just going to view it this season as even if they lose on first round that they took a step forward and that's going to be a big enough of a sell to their fan base that, hey, look, we're in the playoffs now. Let's see what we can do next year. I don't believe they they can do anything nor that they will do everything that they will sell to their fans that we've made a step forward. McDavid's going back to the playoffs. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, not. Uh, I mean, they, they need depth and uh, any sort of depth they can add, that'd be great. I don't see them doing anything major. And that leaves the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, sitting five points clear of first place in the division with a game in hand. Same old story, no cap space. Um, Could use some depth here and there, but I think it's probably going to be business as usual for the 
Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Kyle Dubas has made a few moves leading up, uh, bringing in Alec Galchenyuk, and uh, obviously a lot of the heavy lifting was done in the offseason. Uh, I think a defenseman has been talked about. Uh, he wants a top nine forward, but um, it's all going to depend on the market, I think, on uh, as far as Kyle Dubas is going to be able to make anything work here. No, definitely, James. I, I believe like Toronto's biggest case is that they, they want to add all these pieces. It, the deciding factor is going to be who are you going to be able to move out to get this piece? And I'm not sure if they really want to part ways with anybody on that roster right now to bring back that piece that they want. Because if you're going cap for cap, you're not going to be able to trade one of those roster players for another roster player better than that player at this point. So I feel the Leafs are better off uh, standing where they are and seeing what they can do. Kyle Dubas has done all the heavy lifting, as you said, in the offseason. Let's see what this team can do in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I feel like if anything big were coming, it would have happened by now. Um, I don't really expect anything to happen. They are a dark horse team for Taylor Hall. I'm not I'm not down. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't see anything major. I would be shocked if they don't do anything, but I think what they do do is going to be pretty small. Um, probably a depth forward, maybe a depth defenseman. Hopefully a goalie, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, a third-string guy I think would be pretty key here especially with the injury woes of frederick anderson and jack campbell i don't really want to do the avalanche routine of going to the playoffs with michael hutchinson uh, as a leaf fan but uh hey maybe david riddick maybe you're onto something there hey you know him the the goat of the scotiabank arena as they say so you know who knows what will happen it's been a crazy year crazier things that have happened what they say we will see what happens david riddick to the leafs could be one of the crazier things we have seen wow you heard it here first um all right, so I uh, can't wait to uh, find out in about a week where all of those guys that we just talked about did not go or whatever teams that were in play uh, made the opposite of what we told them to do today. That uh, that wraps up the Laced Up Hockey podcast for this uh, Easter Sunday. Uh, hope you had a lot of, I don't know, Hang breakfast. I think, I think breakfast is the big thing for Easter, isn't it? I think so. Um, you can, you can find me at this podcast, and that's that's about it. Uh, high button sports every Thursday. You will find me on Call of Duty Warzone. Key name is Daddy Chill. That's right. All right. Nothing. Yeah, the, the other one disappeared. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I'm still here. Uh, it's, <laughs> as you say, uh, Troch is just happy to be on the podcast. You know, it's good listening to three guys who are uh, big into hockey talk. Ooh. As a guy who's not a big hockey fan, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, his catchphrase. There it is. Say the line, Bart. You guys are big hockey fans. Just good tuning in and uh, just listening to you guys talk. Thanks, Raj. <laughs> I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're gonna make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Here, just eat that. Leave us alone. SUVs. We used to ride around in city streets. Only six of us, but we would pull up like we 50 deep. If you want to hang with us, you got to bring some drugs at least. Life was seen. Pull up, make a scene like a Steve McQueen. Flights at Landis, the drip outlandish. I just spent 10 racks and sacks fifth in the standard. I ain't never asked to be this way. I ain't planning. It. it starts with good intentions. I end up doing damage. Look, I'ma tell you how this ends before it even starts. I might have to make amends after I break your heart.
I'ma flirt with all your friends and then we break apart. If our story was a play, it'd be a tragedy. There's a reason why my exes all still mad at me. And that's another love I killed, another casualty. How this thing go from a blessing to catastrophe? It's a travesty. I can't help I'm it. a professional bad decision maker. I know I broke your heart, but I love you regardless. Professional bad decision maker. Know the end is the hardest. Wish I could restart it. Professional bad decision maker. Wish that I could be honest. I love you regardless. Professional bad decision maker. Yeah, I'm a professional bad decision maker. They should write a movie about the shit that we did. Deviated septums from the drug that we did. You think I learned from my past, but I'm a creature of habit. We had so much gone for us, man. What happened is tragic. My girl is a savage. Bad influences all around me. Drunk at Bagatelle, all drunk. My table is rowdy. Had to let go of Ali. I regret if I'm honest. I'm draped in designer. Said I needed the one and I found her. Now she's back in Portland. Had to say this shit is important. I ruined everything I love. Man, this shit is like torture. Sorry that you had to deal with it. Rehashing old wounds. Still won't let you heal with it Yo, you hear this shit? Yeah Skizzy back on this shit again 5K for the fit again Fucked up at the win again Me and my dogs the same like a synonym It's ridiculous I can't help I'm it. a professional bad decision maker I know I broke your heart But I love you regardless Professional bad decision maker Know the end is the hardest Wish I could restart it Professional bad decision maker Wish that I could be honest I love you regardless Professional bad decision maker Yeah, I'm a professional bad decision maker